Welcome to the Grappling We See exactly. Grappling Rewind Podcast. Welcome to this week or this special episode live from ADCC 22 of the Grappling Rewind Podcast. We are going we are here live at Los in Las Vegas, Nevada, uh, right after the conclusion of ADCC 2022. We are going to talk about all the action that took place on day 2 including the super fight between Andre Galvao, the semifinals and finals of all of the men's and women's divisions and just generally give our thoughts on I think what was a really amazing event. As always, I'm showing your host, Maine, my co-host. Zach. How you doing, Zach? I'm good. We also got Miranda here. Hey! Which I think you said you're very tired and be a little quiet today. Yeah. So, and we also got Will here as well, sitting Ooh. in. Our research assistant. Friend of the show, Will's helping us out with some of the, some of the brackets and generally we, we, all, we all were here as a team uh, from Baltimore BJJ and so. Yeah, there's a lot to take in and it's good to have extra people around. It's good to have extra people to pull on. things that are completely wrong. So we spent some time getting all the notes together because uh, we're coming right from the venue here to do the show live. Uh, very amazing weekend. As you can hear in our voice, we only have, uh, we have some tech issues live in Vegas, so we have a single mic, so that's going to affect the quality of the audio. But also affecting the quality of the audio is the screaming that we did oh. for two straight days in what was an incredible event. But Dude, it was amazing, but my, you, you can hear it, you can obviously hear it in our voices. We um, all sound like 70-year-old emphysematics, but... Dude, we all sound like chain, like chain smokers. It's... It's been a hell yeah. of a weekend. We sound um, like James. Oh, I was like, yeah. I didn't think we we're James. No, okay. dude, we there were so <laughs> many moments. I loved, I loved the venue. The production was amazing. Like being there live in Vegas, it was unlike any grappling event I've ever seen, been part of. It was truly um, a once in a lifetime experience yeah, I mean, here in Vegas. I've been, I've been following jujitsu. I've been part of jujitsu since you know we've talked about it on the show a little bit. I think I started in two thousand four, two thousand five. Yeah. This was the first time I was ever at an event that felt like a real sport. Like we are we are doing a real thing that is a real sport with real professionals on a real stage. And this was the first time that it really felt like that in the entire history of my my life in this sport. I loved it as a short man. Uh, people would get live and stand up and cheer and then they would sit back down so I could continue to see the Very polite, yeah, it was wonderful. Yeah. It was awesome. Again, the whole community was amazing. We got to see a bunch of people. Um, we got to touch base and actually see people who I really only ever met online, promoters that I've talked to online, yeah. um, and like see people in person. And it was really amazing, you know, how accessible the community still is. Guys from the event, uh, athletes are walking around the venue, taking pictures, like got lines are forming, they're talking to fans, talking to other practitioners of the sport. It was really amazing to get together with the sport. With that all being said, it's very late in the evening. Let's get to the action. Yep. Let's start it off with the match that we all wanted to see. Andre Galvao took on Gordon Ryan. Andre Galvao, six-time ADCC champion, two times in his weight in or sorry, once in weight class, once in absolute, four-time super fight champion. Finally takes on Gordon Ryan. Um, we talked about it a little bit in the pre-show. A couple years after when we really wanted to see the match, but still an historic match to see. Gordon Ryan scores 12 points on Andre Galvao in a 20-minute match and then submits him, I think, in about 16 minutes. Yeah, you know, this was like a, that. a predictable end to this match. Uh, you know, yeah. But I'll say two things. One, um, Andre, it looked like Andre was making Gordon work more than we've seen anyone in the past five years, yeah, you know, I think that I think that Gordon was being strategic about things. He uh, did the thing where he sort of allowed Galvao to take him down. Galvao kind of I mean, like bumped in, and then Gordon flopped down, Gordon. and it looked dramatic for a split second. And then everyone kind of realized that Gordon like just shot and himself down. And then Galvao realized too, which is yeah. you saw Galvao get really happy that he had taken Gordon down. And then a split second later, he realized, oh. 
Gordon wants to play from the bottom. He didn't want to pull because this is a final. So I think the Super Fight is treated as a final, if I'm yeah. correct. Yeah. It's, so it's if you take me down and no points, I don't get taken down for two points, and there's no guard pull assessed for me for negative one. Yeah. So Gordon strategically started the match 0-0, zero, zero, but then from the guard where he is so strong, Galvao came into the guard, Gordon swept yeah, over. Gordon, well, no, I mean, Gordon had two or three uh, leg entanglement attempts, and, and Galvao dealt with them better than we've seen anyone. You know, Dude. Gordon wanted that angle, and he's got an incredible grip on it, and Galvao was able to get out of three separate, two, at least two, possibly three, I think, yeah. entanglements that looked close. There was and one heel look in particular where you saw, like, oh, Gordon's going to finish him quick here in the first couple minutes. Yeah. And then Galvao goes, nah, son, I'm Andre Galvao. Yeah. Gets out. And then Galvao did a really interesting thing with the leg where he pushed forward really aggressively and really high hip with the leg. And then as Gordon was still kind of going for the heel hook, Galvao would lift Gordon's top side leg up and push it and, like, bench press yeah. it away from his chest. And it would change the angle of Gordon's hips where he couldn't really drive under that heel to get that. It was really interesting and, like, but we see that we see the Rotolo brothers, brothers do that as well, which makes know? sense because they're like, under the tutelage of Andre Galvao and Atos there. And that's in it, but it's it's uh, sort of I, I don't want to call it off-meta defense for some of these entanglements because I think it absolutely is. It's, I, some, it's it's a great defense, but it is not something that we're seeing in right. the majority of the practitioners that are defending those. Positions. And I think smart people will start looking at those defenses <clears throat> and, yeah. and modeling off of that and working from that. Um, let's, so let's so go quick aside. We are about to get in the community. A whole lot of very heavy collar ties. Oh yeah, and I am not quite ready for this. Oh, I'm all about it. I'm about it. I'm all so, about I've, it. Too, I've but always my been. Neck isn't really. I've all about always it. been really fucking annoyed that. Well, no, that's not true. This is this is way off topic. I, I but uh, so I'm gonna bring it back quickly. But back in the fucking day, at least in Ohio, where there's a lot of wrestlers, people were aggressive with jujitsu. It was a sport where you were beat the fuck up. Right? Yeah. And then it got a little bit more commercial and people got nicer and now people are doing nice things, but it is still legal to club someone in the back of the head as long as you can pretend enough that it's a collar tie. And I love that that's coming back around for me because that's how I started in the sport. <laughs> so I'm going to end then, in the sport. And then I moved camps and then I was at a place where people were like, oh no, this is, it's kind of, we're nicer here. And so then I don't want to like club my, my friends in the back of the head because apparently that wasn't cool in the next place that I trained. Um, and I, I enjoy that that's kind of coming back around, and I'm sure everyone in this room doesn't like that I like that. No, I'm completely fine with you liking that. <laughs> not a fan, I like, Zach. I like flowy jiu-jitsu. I like college you, high You too. are not okay with that. I know you shouldn't be. I'm okay with it. It's fun. <laughs> so, so regardless, again, it was an interesting, interesting meta shift that I wanted to bring up because I'm not sure if there's going to be a time in the show to bring it up, but now, like, it'll be interesting as we move forward in this match. Like, we were seeing shifts of meta, like Andre and Gordon are two of the best practitioners yeah. that have ever lived in the sport. To watch what Andre did and how Andre addressed stuff kind of an off-meta way speaks to kind of every ADCC we see a massive shift in meta of like, you see what top guys are doing, what they've been drilling and training for six or eight months or a year, kind of somewhat in secret a lot of times, showcasing at ADCC and the whole community is watching this event and goes, oh, that's what the best guys in the world are doing? That's all of a sudden in rooms all around the world tomorrow. And so Andre clearly knew that Gordon was going to be going underneath yeah. for the legs and had been working on these defenses and this is a really beautiful defense. We see it from the Rotolo brothers. We see it at the highest level possible with Galvao. Yeah. And then, you know, I think this is the first time in five years that we've seen, it has looked like Gordon wanted to do a thing and he wasn't able to do it. Took right? a while. 
No, he wasn't able to do it. He gave oh, up yeah, on attacking yeah. the the leg locks. The closest we've seen to this is Mourinho fight with when he was trying to smother choke. choke like, him. Smother choke is a kind of a ridiculous thing for him. He to was kind of trying to do it as a as a meme almost. Yeah. Like he was like, and I so want to get this because I can so I can do it. And so it looked like he couldn't pull off the leg attacks the way that he wanted to. Yeah, he switched strategies and Pretty instead quickly swept too. him. Yeah, I mean four or five minutes. I don't think he went on the leg that long. I think he was only on the leg for a couple of minutes, three attempts, and then realized, sure. that, eh, I'm probably not going to heal with Andre he, Galvao. He ends up in the come-up sweep, still no points, but ends up on top with the come-up sweep. And then he and does... It's, a, it's a no points because it was before the points period before of the match. Before points period, yeah. The, the initial section that we're talking about. Uh, this first 10 a, minutes. This is a super fight, 20 minutes. First 10 minutes are no points, but because it's the final, negative one for pulling guard. Wasn't relevant in this match, but it's yeah. there. Um, and then after 10 minutes, which I think is relevant, that we saw Gordon... Well, we, in, saw him, we saw him in quarter guard. Yeah. And he played, he played the judges and refs beautifully by making these sort of like faint attempts to pull his leg out of quarter guard yep. that looked legitimate enough. They were, but then he would let his foot go back in. There were and, four or five minutes, I think, of, of Demontre actual pass attempts in there like where he was doing enough. He was forcing Andre... Maybe he wasn't actually trying to pass, but he was forcing Andre to react to him, to keep him in the guard and prevent the pass. And then he looked at the clock at like 10.05. And you could tell he'd kind of cooked the clock for about a minute, minute 10 pretty hard. And he looked at the clock and he knew the ref was going to call him for stalling. And then at 10.08, sorry, 9.58, you see him like aggressively get his leg out of the quarter guard. And And within 10 to 20 seconds, he had gotten past. Yeah. Right? He, yeah. Had, he bided his time for about three minutes from 13 to 10 and then passed when points were available. He got his points for passing. He ended up taking the back. Yeah. I don't want to go over this. In this sequence, Gordon Ryan, like in the passing sequence and the looking at and understanding the rules, what the judges are looking for, the criteria, to have that level of calmness and poise in order to look at the clock and know I need to do this thing strategically at this time I'll wait I'll maintain this level of activity like watching it Matt's I think we were four rows back yeah and one of the best views you could have ever had of this event to watch Gordon make those decisions in real time is like wow he knows exactly what he needs to do and he is playing this perfectly yep um, and so he passes takes the back Gets the body triangle, flips the body triangle a couple times. There's one of those, he got he got points on one of them yeah. that I don't think he fully cleared the legs off the hip line. Turns he, out it didn't matter much. Turns out it doesn't matter. Um, but he, so in 80, for those of you that don't know, in ADCC rules, you can remove yourself from a pointed position. So yeah. like, for example, let's say you have the hooks in from the back, you can remove one hook for three seconds and you can put it back in and then you get an additional three points for regaining the hooks. And so... What was happening was Gordon had a body triangle on, say, the left side, and things would flip around. He would need to shift the body triangle over to the other side, which yep. is just a position dominance thing. But as he would switch, and so most of the time he was waiting a good three seconds before he fully switched, and then he would get an additional three points. And so he ran up about yeah. to about 12 points. Maybe one of them was questionable. Maybe one of them was There was, was only not. one of them, basically. But he, was, he was going outside of the hip line with one of the feet, which is what you have to do for ADCC. One of them, I don't... I, I could be wrong. I don't think he fully got outside of the hip line for three seconds. Doesn't super matter. Didn't end up mattering because At, he gets this on then, one switch. Yeah, he one switch with 
He switches to the body triangle with Andre's arm in the body triangle, and that's basically a death I want to go back and watch how, because he's done this before. We've seen him before. He has a DVD on this. He has instructionals on this. It was amazing to watch him make this switch so cleanly and smoothly, and then in the transition, trap Andre's arm and trap it in a way where Andre was unable for what? A couple of minutes? Four, four to six, four to six minutes, minutes? yeah. Unable to free his arm on that side while maintaining the body triangle on the top of the le- on the top side, which is where you want it. And then he fought the arm down. Yeah. And he fought across the neck. He fought across the face. He fought Andre across the face. Andre has a hard neck to get to. It took Dude, Gordon a long time. Andre doesn't have a lot of neck. Thanks for saying that. Yeah, Andre right. has a, not that. a lot of neck. That dude, not a lot of neck to get that to. That dude looked physically talented yeah. in this match in a way but that we've seen him. Eventually, look. you're yeah. in that position for long enough with Gordon Ryan on your back. Gordon's able to sneak the arm in underneath, finishes with an RNC, yeah. becomes, you know, takes the throne of the greatest grappler around. Yeah. We, I think for a long time it was pretty clear since 2013 that Andre Galvao was the person to beat. He's he late in his dude. career. He talked in his speech a little bit afterward about an ACL injury. Um, yeah. And, you know, regardless of, of all of that. He still took the match and he, he took still match, came he in competed, and he performed looked and looked good. And I, pre- I appreciate that he said he was going to retire after the Penna match. Yep. But on the mat at ADCC, he saw Gordon. He went, "I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you this. I don't have to do this match. Yeah. Everyone knows I'm retiring. For you and for the sport, I'm going to give you this match." And I think it's a beautiful passing of the mantle. It right? really I is. Think this happens, happens in boxing all the time, and I really appreciate that in jujitsu we have this story and legacy of in boxing. It's very common for your long-standing champion, your you know guy. To take on it late in his career, the new up-and-comer, the guy that will be champion one day, and usually ends up losing to that new up-and-coming champion. It passes that throne along in grappling. Like I think that was this this moment, and it was really cool to be there live and to see it and to witness the technical display that Gordon had in doing that. It wasn't like a close victory. It was Gordon putting a stamp on, this is my era, we're coming into this, and I have all of this technique. Um, to and continue so, to showcase and push. So not a lot of this this match was surprising. No. Um, but Andre put up an incredible fight. They were both yeah. very respectful afterward. Ended the way we sort of expected it to. And the way we, we not hope, but like, I love that at the display of respect at the end. Yeah. And just like, and Andre was like, yeah, he's passing on. He's, a, he's going to be a great champion. He's a great champion. Yeah. And in Gordon's speech, he's like, we had some, you know, thing before. And that seemed completely put behind of yeah. like, we are going to go and continue our careers in grappling. Andre probably in the coaching side, he seemed to hint at a couple more super fights that he wanted to do a little mm. bit. Like maybe I'm not retired. The exact Doesn't quote he's... was, God, something along, so, no, not the exact Asai quote. and Jesus? <laughs> something like that. Something yes. along the lines of Asai and Jesus uh, are the only ones that know when your last fight is. So like he, that, he's man. what he said was he God, God's that the one, only person that knows when your last fight is. He implied that one FC is going to pay me a lot of money, and I will show well, up and take another. He might fight. still yeah, have a contract with them. Yeah, he, yeah. you don't know what his contract is right now. I'm not sure. And again, I, I would I even guys that are not like Andre Galvao, Andre Galvao, I will always tune in for an Andre Galvao yeah. fight, no matter what organization or what format it is in. Um, but I really appreciate that we that we did get the fight that everyone had wanted for so many for. Six, five, six plus yeah. years now. It's been talked about since Gordon Ryan was a brown belt. Yeah. Like, I really love that we actually got the match and it played out, and Gordon Ryan's put a stamp on it. And then he now gets to go and take the Super Fight Champion 
as well as his division champion. So and this let's is talk a about that good enough fight. segue is all. Let's talk about that super fight champion. Let's that talk about that's going to fight. Uh, that's going to fight Gordon Ryan in two years. You want to talk the about absolute the absolute champion. first? Let's, yeah, let's do absolute. Right, let's run the absolute. Um, I got it. Holy shit. This so, was okay. a hell we, of an absolute. We're, we talk about the whole absolute bracket right now. We're not talking about every single fight because that's ludicrous, I think. But um, we got our brackets today after the finals were over. They put the brackets out. Yeah. You figure out who's in the absolute. They ran through the absolute beautifully Dude, fast. They, they ran that. That was like a local tournament. They yeah, were they moved That was better it. than a local tournament. That was like, I mean, it, it was ran, smooth. It, yes. That was it like was, a wrestling tournament. That was like it a was wrestling tournament. incredibly yeah. smooth. People got 10 to 20 minutes rest in between rounds. Tops. Tops. Tops down the 20 minutes, and then you were boom at it again. I think the story that is most exciting about this is not about who won it, but is Ty fucking Rotolo. (laughs) Jesus. Because Rotolo loses first round to his coach. Or one of his coaches, Josh Hinger, in '88, it was a story. Like, oh, and, no, and Ty and Ty was the kind of person that coming into this, you were like, he played incredible last year. Ty could take the bracket. Ty yeah. could take minus eighty-eight. By the way, we're going to continue to say last year. When we say that, we mean twenty nineteen. Yeah. Last, last ADCC. We're going to say last year because we just keep saying it. So that's, like what that. we, that's what we mean. We know and it's so not last year, but that's what we mean. Last year, Ty <laughs> Ty looked incredible. Ty, you know, it's the it's a common joke, a common meme in the community that Ty is the better Rotolo brother. Like, it's yeah. not something like he gets you know, the main event slot. He gets the main when event his slot. brother gets the co-main event, and like, that's we'll very talk common. about that later because that's not necessarily the case anymore, for sure. At least in my eyes, but yeah. you know, Ty gets out first round. Cade goes on. Everyone's thinking like, "Wow, holy shit, that happened!" Right. Ty gets the invite into the absolute. Everyone was super stoked about that. Ty's yeah. run in the absolute. It's First up, Ty. Pedro Mourinho. Ty, Ty had Pedro Mourinho. This Holy was shit. this was as close to an MMA fight as a grappling event can get. These two were collar tying each other, and I, I use the term collar tie loosely. So very, hard, very that loosely. I think both of them had broken noses. We talked about. So I'm yelling. Oh. I think about. An, um, I think it's a ten minute match, <coughs> and I think at the five minute mark, I'm yelling in the stands. They both have broken noses, and they both don't care. And Ty, the ref keeps talking to Ty about his nose is bleeding. Ty <laughs> grabs his fucking rash guard, pulls it up Jesus. over his face, wipes his, the blood off of his face, and immediately steps forward. Doesn't even let the ref say, okay, go ahead yeah. again. He just jumps right into it. Dude, like, these two were so there were, scrappy. There were collar ties to the front of the face, and both <laughs> of them, neither one looked at no the one, ref. Yeah. Like, oh, this isn't cool. It was just like, hey, man, we're going. This is what we're doing. Watch this match. Oh, my God. This so match good. is, we use the term chippy on the show. Where I guess a little chippy. Like, this was chippy, but both guys were game for it. it was they like, wanted it. Cool. And I actually liked it. There, there weren't like, these were collar ties and strikes, but they were always done purposefully with like, yeah. an, they weren't just like, I'm not just hitting the guy in this the face was, and doing nothing. I'm I'm hitting him in order to get a reaction to actually do a thing as opposed to just hitting him and like looking at him like, oh, is he's pissed off now? Like yes. this wasn't with the goal to piss the guy off. This was with the goal of like, I am going to force you to give me a reaction you want. And both guys were like, yeah, this is what we're going to do. This was gritty freestyle wrestling hand fighting. This is the kind of shit you see from like the dirty, dirty wrestlers, mm-hmm. and I absolutely adore that that's Dude. happening. Um, so that's Ty's first match. Ty pulls that match off on points. 
That was it's been a long. Run. That was a. It, that was a it question. Was, it was a sub at eight forty-eight. Right. Some long pause. Long pause because we looked at each other a little confused. I remember the match well enough, but I remember the pieces I want to remember, which was they both broke each other's nose, and no one addressed it. No one cared, and they kept. Going. It was an incredibly exciting, incredible match. match. Watch, regardless of what we say, we'll watch the match. <clears throat> he then matches up with Felipe Pena, who beat former Roberto, absolute champion, who beat Roberto Jimenez <clears throat> in the first round handedly. Yeah, like and there was a takedown. It was like body lock, big brother down. Oh yeah, Roberto had a couple of moments, but overall it was it was Pena on top, dominating on points. Felipe meets Tyra Tolo in the second round. We went oh. Ty's now going up against an absolute champion. He lost first round in his bracket. He had a great match against Pedro Mourinho, who also didn't make the finals. Like, where is he at? What's what's he going to look like? And Ty looks exactly like he looks in Pedro Mourinho. And like, oh, I don't care that you're six, eight inches taller, 40, 50 pounds bigger than me. Like, so you saw the dog come out in Cade Rotolo again. Or sorry, Cade Rotolo in this fight. Ty was fighting his ass off in this and like looked good. And so the way that the way that Ty wins this, if you just look at it on paper, it won't it doesn't do justice for the match because Ty wins yeah. on a penalty point. The penalty point happens when there's a scramble and Penna sort of like it's kind of a scramble, but they're both definitely on their feet, and then mm-hmm. Penna drops to his ass. Yeah. And so like He pulls I think guard essentially. He pulls guard and he gets the point the penalty point for pulling guard. And so yes. I think what Penna thought was happening was like this is a scramble if I end up on my ass right now because I want to play bottom, they're not gonna count it as a penalty point against me because like I think strategically he thought that it was a scramble yeah. enough that when he dropped down it would be a takedown attempt, it would be a takedown attempt. It wouldn't like, be counted as a penalty. It would be zero zero and now he gets to play right. bottom, which is what he wanted. But it was also like just slightly delayed enough. Like yeah. his drop down was slightly delayed enough. That he got the negative for it. Mm-hmm. Ty continues to play. There's a moment with about 30 seconds left that Ty almost gets his back taken. There's like almost a crucifix situation, yeah. almost a back take. There's a lot of a lot of danger, like very high level of excitement in the room because everyone in the arena excitement doesn't count. Everyone right. is screaming. screaming in the arena. I think was this the USA chant? Yeah. This was the USA chant. The entire... Were, you're, you're in Las Vegas. There were multiple There were USA. multiple yeah. USA chants. Even, Which, when there was, a, even when there was no USA. There were two Brazilians in the finals and everyone started champing USA. So this is a nice time to caveat early on in the show. Uh, historic event this time around. Oh, yeah. This is the first time... So uh, people don't talk about ADCC as like countries winning it. Like it's not... It's a yeah. world championship, but it's world championship often thinking about for the people. But flags are involved and people... You talk about I, the countries that people come from. Right? I do appreciate that more and more in ACC. That's why there are world trials in different regions. Yes. And hey, if you don't have a passport from Europe, you can't compete in the European trial. That is yep. for European athletes to come over that are representing Europe and then you come to ADCC and you represent Europe. And I think in that way it's the closest thing to like a world championship that you see in wrestling yeah. that, that the grappling sport has. You have UWW as well. Which sure, is yeah, world, UWW is, is... Which is like a world championship. Yeah. But this is... It's not as prestigious as, as this is for, this is for a this different point. kind of this but is a professional level what we're getting an at, amateur level what we're getting at is that this is the first time that Brazil has not taken more championships than another, another country. country Brazil has taken most of the championships most of the titles the gold medals historically in this this time 
the USA has more gold medals than Brazil. It's yeah. the first time in history that the USA has more gold medals than Brazil. I haven't had a chance to do a medal count to see like overall how the country's played out, but I did love in this in this event in particular, we had a lot of representation from, I think more countries than we have had previously. And Europe killed it this time around. We'll Dude. talk about it as we go on, but the Europe. European trials winners did way better than they did historically. Oh yeah. We had like representation from Cyprus and Canada yeah. and Brazil. And but USA. not just representation, people deep into the bracket. Yeah. Ireland, um, yeah. UK, Wales. We'll talk about Fian Davies right so, here. So, so continuing you, on the actual. Are you, on your, your reference yeah. on how many? How many gold medals? So Are uh, you just doing male, female? We'll do it at the end. Let's continue to talk about the okay. match. But we can forget Pan Am and Okay, we'll, we'll go. Uh, we'll cover it at the end. Yeah. Hyrule Tolo, Felipe oh, Pan I might be off now. Yeah. Okay, we'll move on. <laughs> In absolute. Technically, Yuri is, is Brazilian. Yuri is Brazilian. Right. Yeah. So in, in the weight classes, Zach, weight also, classes. Zach also did this calculation before we had before run the, the Super Fighter Absolute. And so they weren't, those weren't included. Regardless. Oh, what we can include the Super Fight? All right. We'll, okay. we'll talk about that we'll again. We'll Anyways. Regardless. I might have made up a stat. I might not have. <laughs> regardless, the U.S. did well, better than we typically <clears throat> do. It was exciting to be in the U.S. and be U.S. folks ourselves. And for once, like rooting for our countrymen women in events. It felt different in a way that most other grappling sports, you root for individual people, but this guy's, like Lenny Hart announced people as from a country. Oh yeah, he's representing the US. There were times where the fanboy in me wanted to uh, cheer on the Brazilian gentleman in the event, but also the like, you know, the you watch the Olympics and you're like, I want the U.S. to win. Like, I'm from the U.S. Right. I want the U.S. to win. There was like that part of me that and, was like, no. And that is and something I was that really I, torn for the first time in all of grappling history. And yeah, that is something I've never experienced ever. I've experienced in MMA, but never in grappling. And it was very interesting to be in that room and have like, I'm cheering for the guy, the U.S. Yeah. guy, because he's the U.S. guy. And that's, again, doing the show, that's something that I've never yeah. experienced before. And it was, it was unique and a really cool So. Way. There was very much a, a like a, a USA kind of thing going on with Ty in this yeah. particular match. Ty ends up beating Penna on uh, then that negative point because he's not yeah. Penna's not able to score on this like almost back take towards the end. Right. Ty then has a match against Morgali and looked incredible. So Dude, this he was looked very clear. Dog tired. At the he end was of that. by the end of it. He was super tired, but also it was very clear that this was the first time that weight was playing in as a factor in, in time. I think it did in the Penna match, but I think he had enough gas to make to it overcome. less of a factor. Like Penna was obviously much bigger than him. And that, yes. and that was noticeable in the match. Like this is a true absolute match where it's like these guys are not in the same They're weight not. class. And it was even more noticeable in the Morgali match, which Morgali yeah. was minus 99 and Penna was bigger than that. Penna's plus 99. Yeah. But it, it, I think just the tiredness plus... Mm-hmm. The weight made a big difference, and there were multiple cases where I think if Mergali was the same weight as Ty, Ty wins. Because yeah, yeah, there were cases where Ty was trying to suplex him. There were cases where Ty was really close to takedowns. There were cases mm-hmm. where Ty was really close to passing, and Mergali just kind of was like, mm, he had that no, little bit extra. I'm going to be bigger than you. Either length or size or weight. It's just like put a little more into Ty and lift him into places or prevent, or prevent Ty from lifting him in places that you just wouldn't yeah. see from someone at 88 kilograms. Um, and so, uh, Mergali, like this goes to ref's decision. It's a 20 minute match total. No, I'm sorry. Eight, 
30 minute match total because it goes to ref's decision and the ref's decision goes to Mergali on this. Yeah. I think it's a legitimate ref's decision. I oh, don't yeah, disagree absolutely. with it at all. It was overtime. It was 15 minutes. Like I looked at it and went, Oh yeah. I sorry. Loved, 15, not I love Ty, but late in the match, you could tell that like he, he just, was gassed. He had had so many matches with bigger dudes that he just didn't yeah. have the gas to continue to push forward and get, like, he shot a takedown at the end. Like, he did his best effort, but you could tell that, like, it just wasn't quite, he wasn't able to do what he needed to do. Magali yeah. takes it. I think a very reasonable yeah, decision. Right. So, this was the one that, like, I was saying in the crowd at the time, I know that Mergali wins this. Yeah. Like, before the decision was made, yeah. I was saying, I know Mergali wins this. I also very much hope that the judges are swayed by Ty being the crowd favorite and give it to him because it would be defensible to give it to Ty. Yeah, although yeah you can defend it. It would be defensible, although it would have been a bad call. Yeah, I agree. And they didn't give it to him. So, so Mergali so, Mergali wins that match. Mergali goes on to the finals. Ty ends up taking third because Cyborg uh, loses Matt, in the they, semifinals. It, I've seen two things. I've seen that it's injury. I've seen that it's he decided not. To, I don't. I don't know what it is. But Cyborg, regardless, has been formerly the absolute champion. Decided to not compete. Compete for Ty third. takes third. So now Ty Rotolo is your fourth place champ. Third, fourth, fourth place from 2019 in 66 kilograms. Yeah. And is now your third, your silver your medalist absolute in absolute bronze. three years later. Third is bronze. What did I say? Silver. <laughs> so, so third place. It's, it's, been, it's, been, a it's couple, been a long weekend. It's been a couple of days. So um, other interesting matches to talk about in this bracket. Um, Nick Rodriguez takes out Andy Varela in the first round. 17-0. to zero, Looked extremely dominant versus Varela. We saw Lachlan Giles versus Yuri Simoes the first round. Yeah. Lachlan was unable to get it done. It did end up going to overtime, but Yuri... Was yeah. just able to continually put pressure on Lachlan. And then you're in, so then we see Yuri and Nikki in the next round. Yep. Uh, this was, you know, I think a lot of people had Nikki favorited in this round, in this match, and I, including well, me. Well, because he'd already beat Yuri. He like, beat Yuri a couple months ago, and it was yeah. um, in a fight to win. Different rule set. This but rule still, set favors Yuri pretty strongly, but, but still, it was still he, a good. Nikki Rod passed Yuri Samos yes. with the body lock pass that Yuri Samos is known for in that fight to win match, so we went, okay. Nicky Rod looks amazing. He just took silver in right. his weight. We'll talk about that in a while here. Yeah. Of course he beat Yuri Samoz because like he already beat him and he looks even better than he did before. Yeah. Nope. It was fifteen minutes of wrestling. Yuri well, fifteen minutes of hand fighting at least. You know, yeah. it was it was a very slow hand fighty match. Yeah. And Yuri was the aggressor more. Yeah, and the ADCC heavily favors the aggressor. Match end, and I went, ooh, I think Yuri yeah. was pushing forward, pushing the pace. And that's, Rodriguez kind of plays that game where it's like, if he can't make something happen and pick up one or two big moments, the yeah. other guy is winning the match a lot of the time in those Nick Rodriguez matches. Yeah. And so he's just unable to, Yuri's a veteran, unable to get something going. Yuri takes it and moves through. We see almost the exact same match in the next round with Yuri versus Cyborg. Yeah, and it ends with Yuri late in the uh, in the overtime, you know, probably 12 or 13 minutes in. Yeah. Probably, I think maybe 13 or 14 minutes like, in. There was a minute or two left on yeah. the clock. Gets a takedown on Cyborg. Which was a beautiful takedown. Yeah. Incredibly I actually, clean. So I actually kind of enjoyed this match because you saw Cyborg, like you saw how much of a veteran Cyborg was in some of those moments, just yeah. like getting out of Yuri's takedown, scrambling out, like moving... It, it made me, again, appreciate Cyborg's game. At 41 years old, I think the oldest person in the tournament, still contending and looking as good as he did 
at 41 versus Yuri, who's like 32. Yeah. It was just, we looked at a lot of ages in, yeah, we did. <laughs> in this tournament because uh, it's something I've historically gotten really wrong. Uh, Sabor took out Victor Hugo in the first round yeah. by two points. That's a match we've seen a couple of times at Nogi Worlds. Uh, I think they're 1-1 one one at Nogi Worlds. Victor two subbed him. Sabor beat him on points. Um, and most recently, but and so Sabor in the finals we see Yuri versus Morgali, and this was a an interesting one. You know, in, this is in, in Morgali's run he beats Bodoni in the uh, his teammate Bodoni. Yeah, yeah, he beat Pedro. Uh, sorry, um, he beat Bodoni beat Hasamrita, Morgali beat Chatora by sub. Yeah, and then in the second round Morgali beats Bodoni six to two. And then Morgali beats Ty, like we said, and then we move on to the finals, and we get Yuri Samos and Nicholas Morgali. And Morgali's story on this one, just, so, just to be clear, this was this his 10th Nogi match ever. 10th professional Nogi match ever. Period. Ever. Yeah. And so. You're in the Nicholas absolute Morgali, finals as your 10th match. If you're, if you're a person that specifically pays attention to Nogi grappling or, or are only listening recently because this is ADCC and, and it's the content that you want for this particular event. Follow us on the Grappling Mur- Run on Instagram. Yeah, do that. But also, Murgali is one of the best Gi grapplers that has been around for the past four or five years. He has... Yeah, probably six, yeah. But maybe six, but seven, yeah. He has had incredible world's runs multiple times. He's All always... All through color belts and into black belt. Yeah. And and, and so, Mergali is, is generally accepted as one of the names that you talk about when you're like, who's going to be in the absolute finals of worlds this year in, in the Gi? For instance, in Mergali. 2018, Mergali, every single match Mergali won, he won by submission in 2018. Yeah. And won the worlds. Yeah, and, that's, and winning worlds. That's right? the level of guy so, Morgali is. But Morgali, nine months ago, says, I want to do ADCC. Well, no, no, no. He got invited in 2019. Yes. And then he decided to not attend. Because he wasn't training. Or he in, got injured. No. I forget what it was. There was something going on, but he didn't attend in 2019. But he got invited because everyone was like, that dude is fucking amazing. Yeah. We want him here. He decides to do it this year. He moves to New Wave under Gordon and John in that room with those guys. Yep. And everyone goes, how does he look? We see him on a couple of who's number one. We and go, he looked good. He looks good. He looked he looked not as smooth as he does in a gi, which is yeah. obvious. But we were like, mm, this guy could do okay, right? Yeah, like, this, I mean, his he's, got, he's clearly like making the transition well, but there's some awkwardness to his game, and it was just fucking gone here. <laughs> like the awkwardness in the past two months. We saw him two months ago. We saw him versus Lovato. Maybe two months ago. Last, is it two months ago? Was that long uh, ago? One, or, one to two months ago, we saw him against Lovato. And he yeah. looked better than the previous match than we had seen him, Nogi. Yes. But it was still like, there was still some awkwardness. And he won that match, but there was still some like, mm. there was still some questions about like, how good is his leg lock defense? How good is his wrestling? How good is his And we got answers this defense? time. We, we got went, answers. We went, fuck, Morgali is as absolutely as good as we hoped he would be. With 10 Nogi matches yeah. under his belt. So this match itself, though, Yuri is a veteran. He's a two-time champion already. Yep. Won in 2015 and 2017, 88 yep. and minus 99. Yep. He comes into the absolute, looks good all the way through, plays the rules very well, and the rules fit his style very well. Yeah, absolutely. In this particular match, it's another stand-up heavy, hand-fighting heavy match, and Mergali intentionally pulls guard in the first, so for finals matches here, it's a 10 minutes of no points, 10 minutes of points. He pulls guard in the first 10 minutes, probably with 18 minutes left, and gets a beautiful sweep. Mm-hmm. Now the problem well, he, gets with ne- this, he gets a negative for it, too. But yeah, the now the problem with this is that when he pulls in the first 10 minutes in the finals, he gets a negative point. Yeah. 
the points are not active yet for positive points. And so yes. the sweep that he hit at 16 minutes left on the clock doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm. And so like typically, you know, we, we actually had, we had a lot of dollar bets going on with the group. Dude, we talk, so listen, listen to what uh, was yesterday's show. We talk about some of the fun we had at DCC. A lot of times we have a very, we had probably a group of eight or nine people that yeah. were with us. We would make dollar bets on, oh, this guy's going to do this thing. Or this guy's going to do this. We had a lot of ridiculous dollar bets. They, One they, of my dollar bets. Fun was that someone will pull guard in the finals because you get a negative yes. for pulling guard no matter what. You made what. this like when we were sitting waiting for day one to start. Yeah, we were waiting for day one to start. And I said, I think someone's going to pull guard in the finals. It's a strategic decision. Sometimes people are smart about it. But when you see people pull guard in the finals, a lot of times it's with like a minute in the I in have the, to make something go. I'm down three points. Whatever. Or not even, no, no. I think, I think when you see it happen strategically as a smart move, there are 11 minutes left on the clock. I pull guard, I take my negative one, I set up my sweep with nine minutes left on the clock. Now that points are available, I hit my sweep, yeah, I go yeah. up two, I'm net one, I'm winning, right? Yeah, yeah. Mergali did that, except he did it with 18 minutes left on the clock. And so by the time he hit he his pulled, sweep with 16 quick. minutes left, that sweep didn't count for anything. So he plays the top aren't active in finals until 10 minutes into the 20 minute match. Yeah, and so he doesn't get points for his sweep. Yeah. He gets the negative one, yeah. he gets, Stood up on. I think there was like a bit of an exchange, and then there's a stand up with like he stands up. He's but he's but yeah, he stands. He elects up to stand up essentially after the exchange ends with 11 minutes left on the clock. Yeah. Now we move into points, and he thinks, okay, I'll do it again. Now the problem with pulling a second time is that you still get a negative one for it. So now he's down negative two. A sweep doesn't even matter. Well, a sweep evens you up essentially. It brings yeah. you to now you're even, but you have two negatives. And I, I think that. Mergali pulled the second time thinking, okay, well, I swept him once. And now that we're in points, I can do it again. And yeah. he just didn't, he wasn't able to do it. Yeah. And Yuri played an intelligent game. Mm-hmm. He played very well. He was got a negative, to got a negative himself, but he was still up. I think he had a negative, right? Mm, I don't think so. I don't but, think so. Okay. I thought, I, thought, I thought it was zero to a negative. I thought it was negative two to negative one, but I could, could it be. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It. Yuri ends up winning on those negative two yeah. points for yeah, pulling. Yeah, well, it was even, you're right. And, like, these are strategic decisions that, you know, I think on the surface level, if you look at it from the outside, you might say, well, that was dumb. Why would you make that bad strategic right. decision? But they're smart decisions depending on how your game plays and what you're good at. And I think that Do you that think Mergali, that you can out-wrestle a double, a right. former champion in ADCC? That is known for that. In the finals, and Mergali went... Uh, I definitely can sweep him. Let me do that, and he did it. Just not at the, not the right time. So right. it was again interesting, and but Zach won a dollar as a result. Yes, in Vegas. I don't remember from who. We don't actually. We, we didn't. We actually had the bet written down, unfortunately. So and I'll never see that two dollar, days ago. But, so, but yeah. So um, that's how the absolute went. And Yuri. So Yuri goes on to face Gordon next in, in two years. Next, from next year, quote. Um, yep. So <laughs> next ADCC in two years. Um, but absolute, watch the absolute match. There are so many matches. Like watch Tyra Tolo's run. Um, the energy in Tyra Tolo's two wins in the absolute is unlike any energy in a grappling event that I've ever felt. It, it reminded me again of the absolute in 2019 with Lachlan's run. Like, yeah, it was that similar of energy of like, can this dude pull it off? Where it's like he lost in the first round. This is Rotolo. He was in here as a child a couple years ago. Now yeah. he's an adult. Now he's a you know he's a silver medalist. He's a brown belt world champion. He's has won all of this stuff since being a child at ADCC 2019. Yeah. 
and then gets taken out. And that storyline of coming back of like, well, can he take the absolute? He gets third, and uh, it was overall just a wild, yep, another wild story to come out of the absolute. And that's why I love, I love the absolute for ADCC because it's selected for. Who's going to make exciting matches? Well, and they went, Tyra Toll is pretty fucking exciting. Let's put him in. And then. With another dude that wants to fucking fight you. And, and then, with Mourinho. Even though he got eliminated in the first round, like, you're exciting, you get in. Like, yeah. Lachlan, like, you're exciting, you get in. I love the ADCC doesn't go, oh, it's only guys that placed, like the IBJJF does in the lower belts. Yeah. They go, I think you're going to be fun and you're going to be a spectacle and I want to see you fight the super fight champion. And, and based you on your history, you deserve this. You know, there's a yes. lot of it. But And I, lo- I just love that it's their criteria for it. It's like there's 70-something grapplers that get the option and ADCC selects. Cool, we're already over time. Let's go to 99. Moving on to ni- 99, <laughs> Plus 99 kilogram division. Plus 99 kilogram division. Gordon Coming into the day, we had Gordon Ryan versus uh, Souza and Felipe Pena Pena versus Nicky Rod. Uh, Gordon takes the Souza match in, I think, what we were talking about this, but not 100% sure. I think it's the fastest ADCC submission on record because I think before this it was Craig with 18 seconds. It's 11 seconds. And this sub was 11 seconds. Gabriel moves in. Gordon touches him for like two seconds. Gordon pulls guard. Gabriel steps his foot in the the wrong way. I don't think he stepped in the wrong way. I think he stepped in the wrong way. And then Gordon pulled up into... A uh, heel hook? Uh, well, like, uh, single leg X kind of yeah, position. Yeah. Grabs the heel hook. Done in 11 seconds. I, I also love that this is... If, if, if this actually is... We're not quite sure yet. If this actually is the fastest sub in ADCC history, I love that it's not like a first round sub. Like a 1-16 yeah. seed. I love that it's like, it's oh, this is day two semifinals. Like, like Sousa... Uh, I scraped off this. Sousa's a medalist. Yep. Like, he now... Not just been a medalist, but beat Hasim Rita... And uh, Zhao Gabriel before. Like, those were, that was his path into the semifinals, was Hasim Rita and Zhao Gabriel. Yeah, Roosevelt Souza is your third place, your, your bronze medalist, 499, and Gordon Ryan heel hooked him in the 11th. It's like, that's just fucking Crazy. wild. Um, so, next one we had Felipe Pena and Nick Rodriguez. This is one I was jazzed to yeah. see because it was like, can Nicky Rod do it again? And like, I think. Mean, this really shows Nicky Rod's development skill yeah. and ability here. He takes on formal absolute or former absolute champion, one of the historically like in if we the look at only the history guy to of beat people, Gordon Ryan twice. Yeah, that. But also just like that's what Felipe Pena's talked about now because Gordon Ryan's such a big deal. But right. the dude had an has had an incredible career. Absolutely. Overall, one of the best grapplers that we've ever Multiple seen. Multiple world titles. Some of them he still has. Some of them he no longer has. <laughs> but I don't care at all. And like, and he's still multiple-time champion of many organizations and rule sets. And Gordon and Nicky Ryan body lock past him, dude. With like, he, and, and not with historically, ease. Felipe Pena is Pena is known for his guard and his impassable oh, yeah. guard. Like that is mm-hmm. the thing that you talk about Pena for is that his guard is absolutely impassable, and. Nikki Ryan body Nikki lock pat. Nikki Rod body lock past him. Right, got us got us three points and the points and then wins on points and we get the final that we fucking wanted. So it was either I wanted Penn again or I wanted Nikki Rod. Nah, I wanted like, Nikki. I wanted Rod. the grudge match. I wanted the grudge match. It I wanted was, Nikki Rod. It was Rod. former training partners. With DDS, the team splits, and honestly, internally, and we've kind of heard that like yeah, it, it was, was it was these guys that Nikki it was it was Nikki Ryan 
sorry, it was Nicky Rod, Rod that really didn't care for Gordon, and they clashed over time, and, and it just you know, didn't not, work not, out. Like, we on the show don't love to spread rumors. That, yeah. is, that is the rumor. We don't know what's true. It felt a little bit to be... Gentle. They they touched each other at the end, and there was there was not many pleasantries exchanged seem, yeah. after the match. It wasn't like Gordon and Gavao that had a moment. They talked privately on the mat, you know, at, together. Gordon was very kind about all of his wins. This was the coldest exchange following. Yeah, uh, Gordon takes out Nicky Rod with a heel hook, two fifteen in two fifteen. Like uh, Nicky Rod, he. Played in kind of cautiously. He got into an entanglement once and was able to get out. And then the second time, Gordon didn't let the foot go. Yeah. These are guys that... This is one of those things you could see immediately. Like, Gordon knew... He had trained with Nicky Rod a lot. He knew what he needed to do. He knew... Again, we know historically Nicky Rod struggles with the legs because he comes from a wrestling background. He has had five years. But, you know, to develop his whole jiu-jitsu game, focused a lot on passing... Obviously, folks focused on the legs too, yeah. but that is the area where he has historically been weakest. Gordon capitalizes on that. And, and one of the things that, that uh, someone on the team pointed out, well, this is not my thought, but that was really interesting, was Gordon wore and historically wears short sleeve rash guards to, to compete in. Yeah. He came out in a long sleeve rash guard specifically for this match. To my, not, to my knowledge, it is the only match that he came out in a long sleeve rash guard for. I didn't see him do that in any other match. And the suggestion was that his wardrobe change was to increase the grip on the heel for attacking the legs. Which Dude. makes sense. I think a lot of us that, that play in into the legs yeah. know or feel that when things get really sweaty in an event like this, having a little bit of cloth helps your grip on the heel. Yeah. And this was, I think, the only match that Gordon came out in a lot. Which just... Uh, go, the like, tactical this out level the tactical to think level, about yeah. that... As like, oh, I'm going to change to a long sleeve rash guard to do this technique on this guy because that's yeah, where I'm going to take like, this match. Like, people tape their wrists. You could just tape your wrists at that point. They do, but it was... But you don't use your wrist to finish a heel hook anymore. It's not, it's not 1998. It was just really interesting to see that he specifically made that, made that change in this division, in this match... And then Andre Galvao match, short sleeve rash guard again. Yeah. Because he was going to go for the neck in that match. Yeah. And it was just like wild to have that. It is. And this is all speculation, but I love speculation. Hey man, about I love this a good story. Like, I don't like rumors, but I love speculation. Yeah. <laughs> and so you've listened to the show long enough, you know how, you know how we do the show. But I, if that was the decision that was made, it's an incredibly brilliant tactical decision yeah. from Ryan, which is something, Gordon Ryan, which is something that we would expect. Yeah. Gordon Ryan takes the 99. Plus 99 division. Felipe Pena bows out of that division in favor of the absolute. So Roosevelt Souza takes your default third. Pena yep. moves on to the absolute. And that's so we get Gordon Ryan, Nick Rodriguez. Gordon Ryan, champion. Nick Rodriguez, Roosevelt Souza, Felipe Pena. Gordon Ryan, Ryan taking his second silver in the plus 99 division. Yep. Gordon Ryan is now the only person to ever do both the super fight and their division. And the dude won both. This is a. This is. A, have we seen someone. Metal, have we seen someone take gold in three separate weight classes in ADCC before? I think we have. Um, I always forget the stat. I, I know, know a lot of guys have done it in IBGF, but they're more weight classes than IBGF. Yeah. I know there are a lot of guys that have done, not a lot of guys, there are a handful of folks that have done two weight classes yeah. 
I don't know if three. Um, That'd be an interesting stat yeah, to look up. It's in order. Yeah, by him growing. 88, 99, plus like, it's not, <laughs> it's not like he, like, did 66. I mean, that's still there was, a, was a, There was a funny Reddit thread that was talking about he's got to drop I mean, a 77 and take that one. Yeah. And, I, I mean, and we talked about it. What I'm saying like, is, like, it was how he was growing. Yeah, but that's still size. cool. But that still means that he was young enough at an at a point when he was minus 88 and then hey, still I won. Just, that. I just Ty, don't find that as a... Ty ain't going back to 66. Ty's not going back right. to 66. Uh, I think Gordon Ryan first gets to ADCC when he's, like... 19 or 20 or something like, or 21 or something like very young sounds like a made up stat so but that so that is the plus, <laughs> that's the plus 99 kilogram division Worldwide wins again I am curious if in two years he will elect to retain and continue to defend both the 99 kilogram title and the super fight title Dude, like he, he didn't mention it when he beat when he beat Andre by the way he went, I will fight Felipe Pena again because you wanted to see it. Right now, I will give him 30, 20, 30 minutes to rest, and we will fight. We left the arena before that happened. I, I don't think it happened. I, I thought, hmm, almost no chance Pena takes that. And I hope that I was right because if I was here in the city while that's happening in a different place, I will cry myself to sleep tonight. I don't yeah. see that it occurred. I don't either, but like... Somebody yeah, would have posted but it. But I also love that he, yeah, he said that. And in that moment, I was like, that dude is 100% serious. Oh, yeah. Gordon if Ryan Pena walked out on the mat, in that moment, it was like, right now, we do it. Gordon would be like, like right then. Yeah, it like, would have happened. Gordon was, was serious about it. That was a, that was a very – it's like, how do you – because the question was, how do you make this like more impressive? And in that moment, he was yeah, like, you wanted to see it? I'll do it right now. And yeah. I went, I didn't expect that. Okay, yeah. like props to you, man. Very curious to see if he continues to do both divisions. He likes to do the super fight. I bet he does. It minus ninety nine. Minus ninety nine. Minus we had Kynan and Lovato in the semis here. Um, Lovato still has it, man. Yeah, I mean, Lovato he, could, still he got didn't it. beat Kynan. It was he a ref decision after fifteen minutes after the overtime, and like it was the right decision. But also, Absolutely. Lovato was in it. Like it wasn't. It wasn't like a dominant yes. decision, and Kynan couldn't beat him without the refs. Decision, yeah. right? Like he couldn't outpoint him at no moment did he score in Lovato, and that speaks again. It was Lovato's last match. I think Lovato, I think officially retired after the match. No, he re- he had, did they have the match with Mergali? Yeah, he yeah. He retired after the Mergali. After, yeah, the, Mergali, after, after the, the Mergali rematch, he retired. Sorry, I got yeah. ahead of myself there. Um, this is for this. This is for semifinals. So they go into the. The consolation, the third place match. Yeah, he um, retires after, he that. Retires after <laughs> that match. That match. Uh, we have that. Have that ended actually? Yeah, Mergali. He he, Mergali beats him on points. Okay, yeah, with points. Lovato yeah. gets a standing ovation from the crowd. Um, An absolute legend of the sport. Yeah, I talked to Lovato very very briefly after that, and um, was basically like, "Hey, you're amazing." It was it was cool to like shake his hand, have a picture with him. Um, he's a huge ambassador for American Jitsu, the first American world champion. I think second second BJ Penn. By BJ Penn, um, American champion. It was really cool to be there for what was he just retired from Gi this year. To be there for his no Gi retirement yeah. um, was phenomenal. It was so cool to like be part of that. We also in this division had Craig Jones versus Nicholas Margali. This also went to a ref's decision. Another close one. I yeah. Think, I think it was clear that Craig was the aggressor. And yeah. Craig had more shots, but this did go more more close attacks. Yeah. But this went to ref's decision. When he was being the aggressor, and he was like, Craig Jones knows 
He's been a multiple times over Madison in the ADCC. He knows what to do, specifically in the rule set. He has been there and done that. And he, you saw that in this match. There was an early leg lock attempt a couple of times. Morgali impressed me greatly yeah. with his leg lock defense. And there was even a moment where Craig, I forget exactly what the sequence was, and you told it out when we were talking the bleachers, that you saw Craig do something that he thought would trick up Morgali, and Morgali immediately addressed yeah. it. And you saw Craig go, hmm. Like, I didn't think that you would have an answer for that, and he did, and, and, and it was amazing. And Craig, I think Craig, I don't know if he thought that this was going to happen, but Craig went into this match, I think, with the strategy of, I'm going to take him out fast. And so Craig oh, yeah. spammed attacks for the first three minutes from the bottom. Craig pulled... Three or, three or a little more, three something or four, like that. was yeah. aggressively attacking into the legs. And we've seen Craig do that at the beginning of these matches. And we saw yeah. a lot of guys actually do that at the beginning of matches. Go out really hard for subs initially. Can I end and this now? take their foot off the gas and go, okay, I'm gonna, i got to play this tactically. Yeah. But I'm going to, in the no points period, which is why I love the no points period of ADCC... I'm going to go fucking wild. I'm going to see if I can get you out of there quick. And then if I can't, okay, now I'm going to go yeah. play the tactical match that I need to play. And I love and that. So that goes to the 15. Time. Craig takes it. Yeah. I think it was a legitimate take on, on that part. but It was close. Craig takes it on the right decision. I, I was like, I think that goes to Craig. It goes to Craig. Yep. And then we get our, our final, final. Kynan versus Craig. This was... So... I think, again, this is one that if you, like, go to Reddit and look at anything about this match, it's going to be a shit show and a Kynan, firestorm. Kynan, in a 30-minute period, lost a lot of fans, gained a lot of fans back. Yeah. And it, in, no, in a 30-second period, he lost did. a lot of fans. So, here's how this goes. I think Kynan played really smart, and we were talking about this during the match as well, and then Kynan kind of confirmed it when he, yeah. he had his interview afterwards. So, but basically what was happening was Let me Kynan, talk about the score. Can, this, can I, can I go, no. tell me can, tell the story then. I'm gonna let you finish but uh, so the way that this goes is Kynan is able to get Craig down we move into the point section Kynan passes Neon Belly racks up about 7 points something like that in the process of doing that though he is maintaining control of a position for a very long period of time this is how Kynan plays Jiu Jitsu he's cooking Craig he's a, he's a top dominant player and when he's able to like pass through guard he plays tight and controlled, and that's what he was doing. And he plays slow. He plays slow, tight, and controlled. And I like that kind of jiu-jitsu. Yeah. I think that that's great. It might be a little bit boring to watch, but I think it's great. The problem with that type of jiu-jitsu in ADCC is that they are aggressive with stalling calls. Mm -hmm. They want you to continue. As if, and so, if you are up on points or in a dominant position, you are expected to continue to you work. You are not just expected. You are required. Yeah, required. Required to progress your game if you are winning. You cannot just yes. take a lead and sit on it, and they will give you penalty points for that. The, the thing here, though, was that Kynan was able to rack up seven points. And so this happened because Craig, it started because they were in half guard, and Craig went for a Ezekiel. Yep. Yeah. And, and then Kynan said, nah, I'm going to put my ass up in the air, clear the leg, and mount you. And no. so he got the mount off of it. Craig let go of the Ezekiel. Goes Kynan back for it. Gets out of it again. Kynan went to Neon Belly and then back to mount. We ended up with a seven-point lead. Mm -hmm. And then Kynan hung on the mount for a little bit, ended up getting into side control back into half guard and was playing things easy. Not playing things easy, but playing things controlled. And in yeah. the process of playing things controlled for about six minutes... Very slow. He racked up eight penalty points. Which is a ridiculous amount of penalty he, points. So at one point, he, he had seven points, and he had... Eight penalties. 
Was he it? had seven penalties because the thing was, we got to so it, oh, the penalties started racking up. Right. And in the crowd, we were like, oh, another penalty, another penalty. Oh, there's no way this makes a difference because he's got a seven point lead. What's the odds that that happens? And then he got to six, and people were like, could he lose this because he's stalling so much? And so the crowd goes fucking crazy when he goes to seven penalty points because now, now, gets now, now the match is technically, but, technically even. Because he has seven penalty points and he has seven points. But Kynan realized that happened. Yep. And within about 30 seconds of it getting evened up, yep. he passed yep. and went to Neon Belly, I think. And he ended, ended up, up with 11, 11 points. With 11 points so I think it was a pass in Neon Belly yeah. for the, the second two. He did that without a question. Was it 12 total? 12. Okay, so maybe passed okay. him out. Either way... He, he gets said, another it, penalty it went, point. It went, but it went, hey, Kynan, you're now even. You need to score. And he said, okay. And he fucking scored. Dude. He did it because he was capable of doing it. But what he wanted to do was not push the pace so much that Craig got an opportunity to sub him. Because I think kind of knew that if Craig was going to win, it was going to happen by sub yep. across the board. And I think that's what everyone knew. So yeah. he said, I'm going to get the points when I need them. And then when I don't need more points, I'm going to keep safe. Finish the match, gets a lot of boos, and then gets on the mic. Because they, they interview everyone except for... Um Gordon walked off after his finals win. Yes, it was. After the interview, um, yeah, they interviewed everyone else. Everyone else, yeah. Um, and Kynan basically goes, look, I have a career here. I have to win. That's part of this. I have to play to the thing to win. I understand that, like, you guys are upset with how this ended, but I have I have a career I have to do. And everyone kind of went, not through it. It's ADCC finals. Like, I would do the same thing. Yeah. And it, it was, was, funny it was because very, like, very funny because everyone the crowd went kind of went. booing him. It was like clear boos when he won. Oh, yeah. Because everyone was like, you stalled. And then he was like, look, guys, like you can you can boo me. I understand why you're booing mm-hmm. me. But he was like, I understand. I have to win. We all have our different styles. We have our personalities yep. in this sport. I this have is to my win. style. I have to win using the style of jiu-jitsu that I have. Yep. This is what I had to do. And everyone <laughs> was like, I get that. I'm no longer gonna boo you. <laughs> and was, everyone cheered it. It was, it like, was, it was a like, clear shift, and like it I, was just so funny. Like that he like so many athletes fuck up that opportunity to work yeah. the crowd. And be like, hey, God. and kind of was just like he he, he just he, fixed the problem, and I respect him a ton for in it. In a 15 minute match, he lost like 20, 80 percent. 20 minutes. 20 minute match, he lost no finals. Oh yeah, yeah, 20, finals. 10, 10, 20 minute yeah. match, he lost. 80% of the fans in the crowd. Oh, and yeah. And in a 30-second interview, he brought, like, 75% of them back. Yeah. Like, it was... It was very funny in the moment to be there and hear him do that, so... Well, and also hear the crowd, like, kind of all... Just all <coughs> understand community. Like, Con, go, collectively, we were all like... You heard Yeah, up. okay. Fine. Yeah, all right, all right, all right. Because <laughs> even in our group, we were like, I was fine, I was fine. And then he goes, like, I have a career, I have to win. And we all kind of went, that makes sense, actually. Yeah, yeah I like that a lot, it is, it is ADCC. <laughs> like, yeah, you, winning is the most important thing. Like, he doesn't have to necessarily entertain us. Like, because yeah. that's the important I'd thing. I'd like to be entertained, but his job is to win, not entertain me. Yeah. So, for the finals, for, for under 99... Kind of Duarte takes it. Now you're uh, previously your plus 99 champion in 2019. No, now you're champion. minus 99 champion. Does he go to 88? You never know. Um, <laughs> then you have Craig Jones perennially second place. Ooh, 
in his interview, oh, he yeah. said... In Kynan's interview. In Kynan's interview, he said, I didn't want to take Craig's second place from him. Yeah. And I went, oh. And I think I think he did it lightly as a joke. Like, I don't think yeah. he was, yeah. like, trying to jab at Craig because Craig plays on that all the time. Yeah. The crowd, I think, took it as an, a bit of, like, the, the a crowd, real The insult. crowd kind of, like... I, it was like half and half. Yeah. The crowd went, ooh, eh, okay, you're kind of right, too. But, like, but Craig does that, right? Craig, Craig's got that personality that he plays into that. He's played into it for so long. This that was like, also the match, I think, when it was very quiet. Someone in the crowd yelled, twist his dick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the so crowd got, crowd got a little silly for I follow you on OnlyFans. I follow, somebody yes. yelled very quietly, I follow you on OnlyFans. Not very quietly, very loudly. Very loudly, very, very quiet. Because I love, I love grabbing finals like this. Minus 88. They turn the music off and you can hear the crowd for better or for worse. So uh, Nicholas Margali takes third place in that division. Rafael Lovato Jr. takes fourth place and retires. Um, a great a great, great finals on an 88 kilogram division. Let's talk about the semifinals. Giancarlo Bodoni takes a submission over Owen O'Flanagan uh, real quick. Yeah. Two minutes dominant performance minutes by Bodoni. Seconds, yeah. Uh, also, we had uh, Barbosa versus Wagner. This goes all 15 minutes with the ref's decision. Yeah, Bodoni was a Rene choke, and he was, I think, in. No, 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 that's the finals that he had the RNC. I don't remember what the submission was against O'Flanagan. This was on that three. We were we were really close to that one. Oh no, it was a counter. It was a counter ankle lock, and so O'Flanagan oh, yeah, yeah. was this. O'Flanagan's a story that should be talked about because that Absolutely. dude was a European trials winner, classically European 14 trials or 15 winner. or something seed in the yeah. bracket. Classically European trials winners are. They drop out kind of early. Yeah. He makes it to the semifinals. For, for, for the men, by the way. For, for the men. Not for the men. For the men. Um, he makes it to the semifinals, which is already a big thing. And oh, like yeah. he was going after Bodoni mm-hmm. early, like really attacking. And he had like O'Flanagan had an entry, an entanglement that looked good. Bodoni slipped his knee and then counterattacked. And then yep. hit the. I, if I'm remembering the correct match, I know Bodoni did this in one match. I think it was this one. Yeah. Um, and so Bodoni takes that with two minutes left. The other semifinal oh, sorry, matches... Two minutes in. Two minutes in. Sorry. Uh, the other semifinal match is Hulk, Lucas Barbosa versus Wagner Hosha. Uh, this is... I love this An incredible match. It was... It was grimy and grindy, and it was... It was classic fucking It was Wagner. classic Wagner Hosha that I will play to the gray area of the rules until the ref tells me I have to stop. And it's ADCC, so the ref's barely ever going to tell and you I to stop. I love, we, so it's no points. Okay, great moments on the match. It's, it's a long match. We go to overtime. Hulk is about to take his rash guard off, and Wagner goes, no. Yeah. He has to leave his rash guard on. That's the rules. he's had it on the whole time. He can't change his clothes, or like whatever, and this rule, like, yeah. and most times, Guys, pulled off for overtime. It's it happened fine. over and over again. We saw it all weekend. Yeah, and it's over fun. and over. And it's fine. But Wagner go. Wagner knows the rules. He was like, Hulk will cool down and be slippery if he doesn't have his rash guard on. I know that I can make him have to keep that on because in the rules, I'm allowed to do that. And he makes him. And Hulk he points goes, and goes, no, you can't. And Hulk goes, all right. And like knows the rules too because he's Hulk and he's been there. He's yeah. done that. He's been at ADCC before. Puts it down and they keep going. Uh, Hulk takes a, a close decision win over Wagner. This was fun. This is a lot more stand-up wrestling. In the moment, watching it live, it was amazing to watch live. I am not certain how exciting it will be. I think on video, watch. this isn't the very exciting one, but it was just it was a gritty match. And oh, when you're right yeah. next it to was, it. It was cool. And to watch. Wagner like blows his knee a little bit. Oh out. yeah, he was. Well, no, Wagner blew his ankle in the O'Flanagan match. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sorry. So, so our our consolation, our third place match yeah. is O'Flanagan versus Wagner. O'Flanagan put on a fucking show. Wagner ends up taking it. Now Wagner attacks his fucked up foot. Yeah. Which I respect. Yeah. Like so Flanagan had a taped up foot, like from the match with Bodoni. Really taped up with yeah. Bodoni, and they're going. But um, also, at so throughout the match, O'Flanagan was was putting it on him. He was a live dog in that fight. Yeah. And there was a point when we all, like the crowd, thought that Wagner was gonna lose because O'Flanagan had something in deep. He was twisting like fucking. Was it a toad or he was a heel hook? It was a heel hook, and he was he was putting it on heavy, and like his his hips were in the good place. But you know, Wagner's Wagner, and Wagner was like, "No, I'd rather die." And so, (laughs) um, so Wagner ends up getting out of this heel hook, and then there's a there's a, a a while passes, but there's a scramble, and then Wagner lasts like. In in the middle of this scramble, just reaches out, grabs O'Flanagan's taped up foot, throws a toehold on it, and Flanagan taps right away. Like, yeah. It was clear. It was 17 seconds before overtime in a non-scoring match. Yeah, like Wagner was like, "Oh, I don't want to go to overtime with you because my grab my knee out a little bit." Uh, heel of time. And like, I think the difference here, like, I I don't know what's going on in O'Flanagan's head. I don't want to like make assumptions in this particular case. But I think the difference here was that Wagner couldn't give a shit less if he has limbs tomorrow. And oh, it yeah. seemed like O'Flanagan was like, no, I would like to walk later in my life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, well, we, his, saw Wagner, we saw Wagner on crutches the rest of the Yeah, the evening. rest of the night he had crutches. And he was like, and didn't look like he was, his ankle was taped. He had an ice pack good, uh, wrapped around wrapped, yeah. his ankle. Um, and, but it, I just loved it. Everyone was kind of like, yeah, Wagner would attack. The uh, the damage like and then, absolutely and, then, and, and you then, should and you, you absolutely should. should I love also some of the comments around line were like uh, yeah this is a world champion level world. event yeah you attack the leg that's fucked up absolutely because like do you want to win and I just appreciate that of all the guys to like get us it's like it's like it's Wagner and that dude showed at forty years old he got third place in eight in under eighty eight going up a weight division from the previous year seventy seven from meddling at seventy seven the yep. previous three years ago going up when he still has it can still contend Dude's he took some up. very close decisions in day one but Overall, like Wagner showed that he still has. And hopefully, we see more of a Flanagan because he oh, had dude, an incredible run. Like, I cannot wait for like Grapple Fest, Polaris, yeah. the other UK events dude, that we cover. Good to get on those because that dude. He, I think he's already the champion. Uh, I think he's the Grapple Fest champion. Or um, there's a couple events we cover in UK. All right, we're speeding it up though, because and I can't wait to see him on that. So for this. In the first, in the final, we got Giancarlo Bodoni taking on Lucas. And I want to say that this entire two month period leading up here, I was real high on Bodoni. I and my high on Bodoni came from his pans run in the gi. I think he looked. I think also Nogi. I think you watch him in Nogi as well. He had a pans run. He won pans. He looked incredible all the way through. He yeah. was dominant, and then ADCC. Started coming around. Yeah. He changed teams to New Wave, and I was like, "This dude has changed gears." Yeah, he was someone that we knew about, but weren't big on. Uh, as we a, just a hadn't covered him a like, ton. We hadn't like, covered him a ton. He was like in his name was around. Yeah. He was like taking third place in things, and yeah. like you know, we we knew who he was. He had that pans run. I was like, "This dude's doing something different." He switches to New Wave. He showed up at. Trials looking incredible. He's yeah. the East Coast Trials winner. That's how he got in. Yep. 
showed up at trial. It was looking incredible. And I was like, no, this dude is the guy that is the dark horse of this this bracket. Yeah. He's the one that can surprise everyone by win- and win. He comes into this match against Barbosa, someone that we had sort of favorited for this bracket. like Especially because he, he got out of the office block. Right. Like we favored whoever got in the Athos block. We didn't think it was going to be Hanger. Yeah. Um, we, we were saying we Ty or high. Hulk, one of those two. And then Hulk is, ends up getting out of it. I was like, okay, I favor Hulk because he's been there, he's experienced, he's done that. But Bodoni was that guy that, like, he has looked amazing in his run so far, looked amazing oh, yeah. in his trials run in the same rule set. But the world championships are different. And so I, I was always, I'm always in the show, everyone has heard, I always pick the guy that's been there before, the veteran. Yeah. Like, that's sort of how I always head to my picks. Bodoni coming in. You Didn't were really hot year. on him, and I was fucking wrong about yeah. this pick. Yeah, well, we'll talk about how wrong I was later. But <laughs> um, I, I felt good about Bodoni. He comes in. Uh, this match looks good. He takes Bart. So it's some reasonable stand-up. We end up in points. There's a scramble exchange. Bodoni takes the back. He's able to retake the back two more times. Nine Runs up a nine-point lead Barbosa. against Hulk. And then... in By the way, in overtime. In overtime. No points. It goes to overtime. Yep. Then he racks up nine points. Yep. In, in a five-minute period. But doesn't stop there and just... Sorry, in, in a ten-minute ten period. Yeah, ten it's minutes five, the finals. Yeah. Uh, and then finishes with the RNC. In 14 minutes and 10 seconds. So less than five minutes. Sorry. Oh, it's finals, so it's... Yeah, Four minutes it's, into points, it's, he racks up nine points. This was not overtime. And then gets a sub. Not yes. overtime. Four minutes into points, he racks up nine Wild. by changing his legs around from the back. Yep. Finishes the RNC. He, he stacks the points. I love to see the ADC's rule set. I love that's a feature of the ADC's rule set. Um, for this division, we have first place, Giancarlo Bodoni. Second place, Lucas the Hulk Barbosa. Third place, Wagner Hosha. Fourth place, Ono Flanagan. Amazing division, amazing run. Bodoni is the dude now. I'm very curious. He has a lot of very interesting matchups that I'm, I really want to see him in. Cannot wait to see yeah. the super fight tour that he goes on post this. Because um, I don't think he's injured. No. He has like a little bit, but I'm super excited to see how he looks. And a random aside is that uh, Barbosa kept on trying to smother uh, Wagner in his match. Yeah. I found that Freaking hilarious because that's something that's Bagger, Bagger has historically like done to what people. He historically oh, does yeah. to people. No, not smother, not smother. He Pipe was punch. doing the hand on the face. Yeah, like, the hand covering hand the, the mouth. hand cover the mouth. Yeah. Python nose. Python. 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 What, yeah. Whatever. It's a Wagner thing. Freaking it's a thing hilarious. that Wagner got. He, I think he lost a Worlds in IBJJF for doing. He got penalized yeah, for it. Yeah, penalized for it. Or DQ'd for it possibly because he was doing it. Every, they like made rules it. about so this for in him. Twenty eighteen. Everyone had to make a rule that if you could or couldn't do this in your organization, because and it of was Wagner. fucking hilarious. Because every rules video you went to, um, everything it was like, can okay, can you can you or can, can you, you not do this? Yeah, and everyone smother. had to put a line in the sand, like specifically because no, of Wagner. Yes, because he won a couple matches in by Smother Choke, where he'd hold a guy's mouth. I'm doing that on audio podcast yeah. and video podcast. <laughs> if you want to follow us on YouTube, um, and he and so Wagner. Is the dude that made this a thing that you have to make rules about? Yeah. Yep. And Hulk was in guard, just like shoving his face into Wagner's I face. I love it. Shoving his hand into Wagner's face. And it Wagner, was again, not giving a shit because he's Wagner Hosha. He will smile at you while you hit. Oh, like, yeah. Wagner can't get mad at that. It's his thing. Yep. I love it. So let's move on to 77. Any other sides on 88? No. 
Moving on to 77 kilograms division, we had Cade Rotolo submitting PJ Barch, the dude that took out JT Torres day one. Brutal. Dude, and Cade had to come from behind. Yeah. This was a match that Barch was, that I thought at least, Barch was winning. Cade was extremely was. like good in the wrestling. They were back and forth trading wrestling, but I was like, but I think Barch was up. Like if it went to if it went to refs, like there were yeah. no points, but if there went to ref yeah. decision, I mean, we were Barch was up. Barch we were in this last sequence. We were eight and a half in. We had two a minute and a half to till the overtime was going to yeah. happen. Guys were trying to get something done. Beautiful scramble sequence to go from. I think this was a attempt at like a reversal from a takedown. And then Cade gets to the shucks to the side, goes behind, completely not overcommits to something, but goes out the back, jumps, like flips to the arm, and then comes out the back to get the arm on Barch. This was one of those sequences that's like, oh, yeah, you can't teach that sequence. You just have to be in that moment to get it. Yeah, it was it was an incredible submission from Cade. But this is the kind of thing like going into this, we said if Cade wins. If Cade's gonna, if, to gonna if Cade's gonna make a run, yes. no, I mean, well, yeah, for that it was a submission, but like yeah, yeah. even prior to ADCC, we just we don't even have brackets yet. You're gonna say, how does Cade win seventy seven? It is creating scrambles yep. and grabbing subs off those scrambles, and that's exactly yep. what he does here. Which is so funny that he didn't get any Darsus. None, neither like, of them did. Yeah, I thought Cade was gonna like he's gonna Darsh his way to the finals. Like if if he were to go, like it was like oh, it's gonna yeah. Darsh or like a, he's gonna buggy choke someone maybe, but it's world world finals, yeah, world like, title, so maybe not. But he's gonna. I did not foresee him taking out the guy that took out JT Torres. Somebody in the group said a uh, horrible shirt idea was uh, she said PJ Barch. Uh, I beat JT Torres and all I got was his t-shirt. Oh yeah, we shouldn't say that on the podcast, but we just did. We should. Um, he did get PD a fourth. So he does. He does have a, a, a world place at ADCC, yeah. but uh, that's yeah. wild that you beat the two-time champion, right. and then you get beat by the new champion. Like that is some rough luck. Right. Right. Um, Barch had an incredible run. He looked good in this match. Got caught with Cade Rotulo doing Cade Rotulo things. Yeah. Um, we also had Dante Leon versus Mika Galvao in the semifinals. Mika takes that by yeah. um, score two points in, in overtime. overtime. Uh, takedown again. I was really thinking that Dante would be able to employ the stream, same strategy that he did prior in the Who's Number One match. And Mika has made—he's 18 years old. Yeah, he's rapidly developing his game. Well, what and was proven? What was interesting about this is that as a as a crowd, like as a, a group, we were sit, we all sat together and we were saying, you know, we're in regulation. Yeah, we're talking about this match and what's happening with it. It looks like it might be going into overtime. We all looked at each other and go, "Oh shit!" Like. We think Micah, we like people had Micah favorited to win this, yeah. and we all said to each other, if this goes to overtime, Dante it's has heavily the solid favored Dante. edge in the wrestling because we've seen him do it. We've seen him take. We've we seen know him take he's got good down, and he can probably not much has changed in the last six or eight months, and it fucking happened. It did. Mika got out. Mika tightened up his wrestling, took Dante down, and. I, I have no idea what the ceiling for Michael Gava, Michael Gavao is being Dante Leon. Then he takes on Cade Rotolo. And in the here, finals. Yeah, well, yeah. And so uh Cade and Micah's match was my my, my legs hurt. My knees and ankles Ugh. hurt from watching that match. Yeah. The two of them, it it 
we were all looking at each other about five minutes in because there were so many there were so many sub attempts and all of yes. them were at the legs. They were twisting each other's ankles and knees in ways that like I I don't know how either of them are walking right now. Michael Gabao is eighteen years old, Kim Toa is nineteen years old. This is a match you get from two younger grapplers that have been doing it their entire life at a world level that don't care if it breaks, that are cool with like being limping tomorrow and have flexible joints because they've been getting reefed on yeah. for their entire and life. And they're 18, 19. And they're 18, 19. Yeah. Dude. So there there were some exchanges in there where I thought either of them were going to win. And yeah. then what ended up happening, though, is that Micah drops down into... I think he was trying to enter into a knee bar, and Cade is able to set up his, his hips in a way where Micah can't roll. Yeah. And Micah... Like that was that was what ended up happening for all of the the previous exchanges that there would be like good hip control, but then the rolling was capable. Like people were capable of rolling, and then one whoever was in danger would end up rolling in a way that they were able to escape the knee. Right. Because of the way that Micah tried to enter, Cade was able to scoot his hips in underneath. And I think and, Cade had figured out how Micah liked to enter and made that adjustment in this particular sequence. I would have to rewatch this. Uh, in video, which I'm sure I will a hundred times, but I, that's probably true. Yeah. Um, but it happened very quickly. Mm-hmm. It was the kind of thing where, like, Cade recognized the situation, was able to pause Micah's hips, grab the heel hook. Micah tried to roll to escape the knee. Well, Micah was also Micah trying to attack move. his own foot. He was trying to attack Cade's foot right. at the same time, and Cade got a deeper bite on the heel and just wrenched over. And it happened quick. Micah tapped. Yeah. And he tapped, and I was like, oh, wow, like, how tight was that? That After, after watching all the other shit. Everything we've seen, like, that's what you tap to? Like, dude, I cannot imagine. And he sat there for a moment on the mat. It looked like it was, like, it was a very, very tight submission. Yeah. Um, but I cannot imagine how tight that was looking at the previous 10 minutes of the match and what they did to each other's legs. And so Cade Rotulo takes the, the gold in minus 77, which is, you know... I think a lot of people on the show, when we talked about this, I, I think... We all gave him a very hard fighting chance. We all called him the dark horse. Yeah. I think everyone was yes. like, Cade could take it if he has a good day. I don't think that he was the statistical pick. right? Do I, don't, you, I think if you were betting, he was not the smart he pick. He submitted everyone in his run to gold. Like, how wild is that? Yeah, he did. Submission they day said it a Two submissions day one. Two submissions day Jesus two. Christ, man. Boom, 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 boom. He's also boom, the youngest. All the way through. He's the youngest champion. Yeah. He was nineteen and Hoffa was twenty. And they keep saying Hoffa. They keep saying Hoffa's nineteen and Hoffa was, was twenty. And so I think on the broadcast even they were mentioning that he was nineteen. I think we looked it up and I had another friend from the show um, actually tell like tell me that I think we'll confirm all the days. Well, they're posting it all over the place that he's the youngest. Okay, so okay. now they've kind of fixed it. So Cade, youngest, Cade is now the youngest, is and he was in the finals with an eighteen-year-old. Like, one of those dudes right. was going to be the youngest ADCC champion. Right. It's now Cade Rotolo. The ceiling, the sky is the limit for that kid. I cannot, I love seeing young champions. Damn I cannot kids. wait to see, yeah. I cannot Damn wait to see what he does. Finals, Cade oh, Rotolo defeats true. Michael Galvao. First place, second place. Dante Allen takes third. PJ Barch takes fourth. Moving on to the under 66 kilogram division. I'm to the wrongest I have been about picking a bracket in the history of ADCC. 
Uh, yeah, I'm we're I'm I'm close, Dak. I'm so, close here. So well, I well we'll get to me being super wrong, but um, <laughs> so semifinals we have Cisneros versus uh, Baby Shark Diego Diego Hayes. Hayes. Uh, Diego Hayes takes that score two to nothing. It was a nice match. There were some moments where Cisneros was looking good. Yeah. Um, but Diego got it on a takedown once we entered points. Um, and then he he was able to maintain dominant position for a while. The other match that we had was uh, Diego Pato uh, versus Gabriel Souza. I, going into this, really thought Pato was going to take it. This went to ref's decision. Um, and I think the ref's decision here came... Because Gabriel Souza was on top 99% of the match and was pressing forward. He was moving the action forward. Pato had a <clears throat> lot of great attempts, a lot of submission yeah. attempts, but Souza was consistently pressuring and initiating yeah. and looking for activity, whereas Pato was was on his back looking for an opportunity to do something, but Souza was progressing the action and being aggressive okay. and initiative and aggressiveness are the main criteria in ADCC judging. I think Souza gets it on on that after an overtime. Um, but yeah. very, but it was in a close match, and we were sitting with a bunch of Unity guys yeah. that, that Pato trains with, so we got a great perspective on some of the great um, like calf slicer back takes that he uses. And like some so another dollar bet that depth. we had, yes. just for a little perspective to the audience, another dollar bet. I personally, uh, in my jiu-jitsu, uh, calf crushers, calf slicers yeah. are... My, like, uh, they're my dream submission. Like, I recognize that they're a low percentage and it's not a good idea most of the time, but they're the thing that I try to hit more than anything else. Like, I just love them. And so I placed a dollar bet that a calf slicer would have an ADCC, knowing that it was a stupid bet and I would never win that dollar. Dollar bets are stupid fun bets to have while you sit and watch 24 hours of jiu-jitsu. Oddly enough, it ended up pretty damn exciting. Micah almost had a calf slicer. There was, like... There was a moment where if we were watching Micah and Cade thinking either this calf slicer or this straight ankle lock yeah. are going to happen, and they escape both of them. A very quick aside here. If you ever go watch professional jiu-jitsu or amateur jiu-jitsu live, um, make dollar bets with your friends because it all of a sudden you care about submission attempts and guillotines and like – you Dollar start, bets were good. <laughs> they, they made things exciting even more than the matches because you were looking like, oh, that's that weird side bet we have yeah. about this moment where this could be the time. And it just elevated the action even more because yeah. it, it got everyone engaged and in so, stuff like that. Uh, Pato was playing a game where he was trying to enter leg matrix a lot. And yeah. part of leg matrix is a situation where you pass through a calf crusher and most of the time you're not really going for it but so during this match I thought I was going to win a dollar off it and then we would talk to the unity guys and like oh he does that a lot he's actually going for the back here and then I saw Zach's face go oh damn it but then but then he did almost get the calf crusher in overtime and uh, anyways there, Diego, Pato had a lot of great attempts Pato was my favorite for this bracket yeah. going in and that was based on his 2021 runs. He yeah. won Gi and No Gi Pan Ams and Worlds. Took the four biggest titles yeah. that were available that year. I was like, Pato looks great. He's got a great training camp. He's going to come in here and take ADCC. That was my favorite for this division. He ends up taking fourth because... Um, uh, or no, I'm sorry. He ends up taking third. third. He beat Cisneros. Because he beat Cisneros. Cisneros yeah. gets a stalling call midway through the match. Uh, Pato takes third on that. He was my favorite to win, so I wasn't that far off on that. However, I also had Baby Shark, Diego Pato, or Di- Diego. We Hayes. thought Diego Pato was too small for the division. 
we were wrong. We were wrong. We, we were, were wrong. wrong. We he, were the he, wrongest, wrongest you could be. And Baby Shark was giving up 20 to 30 pounds depending on the match. He walks I think 30 about, may be a little high, but yeah, 20 plus, I think. 20 plus. Yeah. He, but somewhere in that 10 to 20 plus. May I, you know what? Honestly, some of those guys, 30 with the cut. With the cut. On day two wouldn't surprise Or day one wouldn't surprise me. Right. And so... Uh, yeah, right. He's given up probably 50 pounds to uh, Ethan Krellinson, who was in the... No, no he's probably given up 30 pounds. He's probably 30 pounds to Krellinson. He's, he's given, given up 100 pounds, pounds to Ethan, Ethan Krellinson. Krellinson. And, <laughs> and, and for the record, Pato is uh, Dream Arts. He's actually not Unity. Yeah. He trains at Unity, but he... He's technically yeah. under Dream Arts. He's Dream Arts. So yeah. That was a day one argument we were having at one point. Yeah, but he trains at Unity. Yeah. With... Yeah, anyways. Moving on. Um, so, the finals are Baby Shark, Diego, Diogo Hayes versus Gabriel Souza. Um, actually, a really exciting match all the way oh, yeah. through. A lot of back and forth. Uh, Baby Shark is a, ends up in a, after a scramble and a, a takedown attempt from, that started from Baby Shark ended to go back into and a scramble. watch this sequence. The whole thing was incredible. There was like great back and forth responses. Gabriel Souza ends up turtling, and Baby Shark is able to take the back. Yeah, gets his three points for that. Rides out the rest of the, the twenty minute match. Takes the title. I did not see that coming. My my bracket had him out first round. Yeah, because I said he's too small for the division. Yeah, I think, and I said this. I said this about one of the women's divisions. We'll talk about. Sure, too. Bastos as well. Bastos, yeah, I yeah. said this. I think. Like I for both of them, I said they look technically amongst the best in the world. Like oh yeah, those Absolutely. two. But we're talking about Baby Shark right now. Technically, he looks pound for pound in the highest ranks. I just think the size is going to be a big enough factor that he's not going to make it out of day one. Probably not. But we've seen that day. historically very frequently. Yeah, you're. It's a it's a weight class for a reason. Even even like. Um, Kyle Terror refused to go into 66 because yeah, he said he's he was too small. he's right. too small for the division. One of the best of all time yeah. didn't want to go into minus 66 because he was too small for the division. And you have Baby Shark who competes at the he competes at um Light Feather. Light Feather. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's still small. Yeah. yeah. I thought right. he was like a rooster. I, don't, I think I don't know if he is rooster. I know he. Okay. I think he has been a rooster, but I think I got this wrong in an earlier show. Okay. I think, I think he's he actually currently is Light Feather, feather but. But has been at Rooster at times. Okay. I believe that is correct. Either way, he's on the very light side for the division. Yeah. I thought that was going to be a bigger factor. It clearly wasn't. wasn't. He takes gold. You're 66. Minus 66 champion. Then he brings sure. his dad out. Oh, and has was, an amazing moment with his family. That every, I saw a bunch of people really kind of like almost get tear. Like, it was like, oh, this is a young, really a 20-year-old... <laughs> Adult, not kid, a twenty-year-old guy yeah. coming in and like and his dad's his coach, his family, and his part of team, it. and his coach, and his dad was teary His like, dad is his coach. It was, a, but, but yeah, yeah but, it was a great moment to like go like, oh, right, this is a good dude with like his family with yeah. him, and he's like thanking the people and his coach, and it was like this. It was this great moment to have Baby Shark win the under sixty-six kilogram division. Um, that's all I got for sixty-six. You got anything else? 
No. Nope. Let's move on to the women's. You want to do women's plus uh, sixty-six? You want to do women's plus sixty-six? I. This was another one that. So moving plus on. 60, from, plus sixty, not plus sixty-six. Yeah. My, what? Plus sixty, not plus sixty-six. Plus sixty. Yeah. Sorry. Women's plus sixty. This is another one uh, on the opposite side of the spectrum where I. I'm. This is my kinda, best call. You kind of called this. You this is my this best call in all of ADCC. I said. Yeah, Gabby Garcia is the clear choice to win. If anyone's going to beat Gabby in this entire division, it's Amy Campo. I think her style plays in the same way of the people that we've see, seen yeah. beat Gabby. Like he, Amanda she's, Levy, she's a little bigger and a little slower than Levy. Yeah, yeah. But I think that stylistically, she can beat Gabby, and she's yeah. strong enough and big enough that that it's feasible. Yeah. And so my, it's either going to be Gabby or. Amy Campo. Campo is going to beat her. Yep. And this match, the end of this match was probably the highest excitement level that we've seen. It was of the highest excitement level that we saw all weekend. Yeah. And I think was the highest level of excitement that we've ever seen for a female match in ADCC. Uh, live 2019, Fionn Armbar was was louder in that arena, but this arena was different. It was bigger. It was bigger. <clears throat> so, uh, the end of this match... Uh, Campo hits an arm drag to a double into a double the arm drag trips up Gabby enough that the weight becomes not a factor she's off balance yeah. she move Campo moves into the double ends up on top past clean takedown starts moving into side control there's there are 20 wasn't seconds it, left when she's takedown there but, were, yeah there was five points yeah, five point match. So clean takedowns four. So it was a pass and a. Uh, it was a. Oh, okay. It was a take on the pass. There were a lot of points confusion in this match. It was also off mat. It was off. It was off mat. It was back take. It was basically. Okay. I think it was. Oh, okay. Takedown on the back It was take. basically it was on the point. ramp that they used to enter into yeah. the mats. Like they're. Oh, it wasn't they're, basically. It was. They were touching on the ramp. ramp while the match is finishing. So, combo hits this arm drag with maybe twenty five seconds left. Yeah. Probably. So the arm drag into takedown sequence is about five to ten seconds. Yep. The the top control back take is another five to ten seconds. She's creeping in on a legitimate arm bar. If Amy had another thirty seconds, I think that arm bar might have happened. The yeah, I don't, I'm not going, as confident as you are, but like it was moving crazy. in that direction, and I was screaming in my seat on the other side of the ring because we were on the opposite side, screaming in my seat, they looking are, at the TV. They're five feet under the cement. On oh the yeah, ramp. and and the referee is going. This is ADCC. You there are six seconds left. I am not gonna reset this. Yeah, I'm then, gonna let them play. And then there was one a, of the only matches of the entire day that actually kept to that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, they let things settle off mat for sure. Like yeah. in traditional ADCC, ADCC. ADCC style, they let things settle off mat. But this was the one where they were like, yeah, I ain't fucking with this. There There's were, 10 there seconds were left. more than a few times they had takedowns and they had people in really precarious situations brought them back in the yeah. mat. Yeah. And a takedown that they should yeah, just true. let continue on the side. Yeah. So Amy Campo beats Gabby Garcia, your four time yeah. plus 60 champion. Mm-hmm. Amy Campo takes her out. In the semifinals, we all see uh, Rafaela Geddes against Kendall. Tragic event here. Yeah, it was Very... a great match. It was, it's a rematch we've seen before. Um, the ending sequence is essentially Geddes gets in on a takedown, ends up off the mat, um, and then was... right, ends, up, ends up partially off the mat. Close to the edge. And of the we thought Kendall had hit her head. 
and we learned later in our yeah, it looked it looked like Kendall maybe hit her head on the cement really hard. The way that they went down, yeah. turns out what happened was Kendall planted on a leg, I think, and then things twisted really weird. Yeah. Word on the street, like not again. We don't like spreading rumors, but what we have seen is that Kendall may have torn ACL, MCL, LCL, and broken the, the head of the tibia, yeah. which which I wish I hope the- I hope that is wrong. Yeah. I love Kendall. That's a tragic injury. It's very sad to see her taken out that way. I know she had some knee trouble recently. Back, I think it was back, actually. But well, it was back? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. So she's had some injury trouble, but like... She's one that I really want to see back. I very much hope this is... The nature of the injury is different, and we learn more in days to come. Yeah. Um, but very unfortunate. End to this match, Kendall, I think, was a lot of people's two-seed going in this yeah. against Gabby Garcia with stylistically... In the finals, we get Amy Campo and Hafuela Geddes. Campo takes this three to two. This was close. Exhilarating. So, Hafaela got a takedown, got her two points off that. Yeah. We have about 30 seconds left in the match. Campo, around the 30-second mark, Campo gets in for a takedown, starts attacking it. Uh... Rafaela turns to turtle, yep. which in this we're rule thinking. set, if you get a takedown and the person's able to turn to turtle, no you, points. There's no points. There's I no love points. It. And even if you take them from turtle and put them on their back, if they were in turtle for three seconds, it's no points. Nope. You're right? guard now. Like it's if just you're on the regular mask guard. Count. And so, Campo hits this takedown or. or Hits what would be an IBJJF or something like that. Yeah, take any, down. Other any other organization? Any other organization? goes. Nope. Knees no. touched. Three seconds. Not take down. Rafaela turns over. There's about thirty seconds left. Amy starts creeping up, attacking the neck and attacking for the hooks. There are maybe five seconds left. I think she needed to hold it for three seconds. I think she gets the last hook in at five. So that they're, that's, yeah, that's what I was saying. That's what I think it ends. She and gets the hook in. Gets and then points and then gets it in the in the as close as you can get to not getting it. We saw this I think three or four times this weekend, mostly in day one, where somebody would throw a hook in at the last second and one, two, three, four get their points. Yeah. And then the match would conclude. And yeah. it was but in a it was. finals match at plus sixty after taking out Gabby Garcia to throw a hook, and she worked that hook in. Yeah. Like, you could tell that Am- a Campo took everything she could to get the hook, and Getty said everything she could to stop it, and, like, there was right and close in front of us. To see great. that battle take place in real time was phenomenal. And get the hook in. Campo seems like a wonderful person in interviews yeah. and things like that. It's really wonderful. It's great to we see didn't, her win. I did an interview with her at West Coast Trials, if you want to listen to it, on yeah. the Grappling Grind YouTube page. Um, you can search it and find it. I am um, Stoked to see more of her. I'm very curious to see what we see her and who we see her against. Stylistically, I think a very tough woman to beat. Cannot wait to see, like, really new. She's a brand new black belt, too. She was a brown belt, just got her black belt, like, I know in the last year, if not the last, like, couple of months. Yeah. Cannot wait to see what she does against the top women in the world. Women's minus 60. So for this division, we had Amy Campo, Hafrela Geddes oh, yeah. for one and two, Gabby Garcia taking third, and Kendall taking fourth. 
again, wish Kendall all the best. Hope that the injuries are not what we have heard absolutely. and she heals up and is back. Or if they are what we've heard, that she heals fast. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Same thing. Moving on to the under six kilogram division, semifinals, we had Bia Basilio taking on Brianne St. Marie. Brianne St. Marie takes it with four points. Yeah. Nobody saw this coming. I think a lot of people saw this coming. I didn't see I, it so coming. I've got a bunch of messages. You have the four, former champion. I have had a bunch of messages from people. I'm like, do not count out Brianne St. Marie. Oh, no, no. She is, like, phenomenal. Her wrestling is good. I have been surprised about the people that have told me about how good Brianne St. Marie is. So this was one of – she was my dark horse for the division. I, um, I get that, yeah. And she showed it here, taking out a former Incredible. ADCC champion four points – not even in the overtime, in the regulation for it. Yep. We also had Fionn Davies versus Bia Mosquito. This is a rematch of the semifinals from 2019. I thought she was going to armbar her again. Oh, it was close. There was a one There was one armbar sequence when I went, oh. It's, it's very rare, but sometimes you see a matchup and someone just has someone's number. And I thought this was the matchup. Because yeah. there was a moment where Fionn got to a very similar spot that she got to in 2019. I went, Oh no, again, the same way. And Miyaskito was able to get out of yeah. it. Um, brings it to score. Davies in the takes end the of the match then. takes the back. I thought she was going to flatten her out completely. Puts the hook in, takes the hook out, puts the hook in, takes the hook out to rack up two different back takes, six, six points. points in total. Fionn Davies looks unstoppable in this division. Yeah. We talked about it on yesterday's show. She looked great. Looked we get, we get a. A, another Bia Basilio versus Bia Mesquita yep. match for third place. We've seen these two together often. Yeah. They, crazy aggressive. Yeah, they crazy like, aggressive match. Yeah. Mesquita finishes submission 352. Yeah. But it was three minutes and 52 seconds of. Oh, yeah. Yes. This is a, this is a fun match. Scrapping. Go watch this constellation, this, this third place match. This is, uh, again, you've seen it before, but. These two women scrap, and I yep. love to see. I love to see how aggressive. And they've seen each other a ton. Bia Mosquito takes the win yep. most of the time on this. Yeah. She takes it again here. Um, it's not 100 percent of the time, but she takes it most of the time. Yeah. Um, your I former champion takes fourth place. Yep. Bia Basilio won ADCC 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bia Mosquito won ADCC 2015. So yep. we have two former champions fighting for third. Bia Mosquito takes it. Our finals match is Bree Stay Marie. C- Saint Marie. Yep. Um, we keep saying Andy. Saint Marie. It's it's Saint it's, Mar- it's Saint spelled Marie? in a way that I'm unfamiliar with. Miranda, seeing it. you had this done. It's Saint Marie. It is Saint Marie, it's but she's it's okay. French, so I think it's is just it pronounced Saint Marie. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Cool. Um, S T E is abbreviation for Saint. Okay. I just again I'm yeah. ignorant to it, so I wanted to make That's sure fine. I was correct. Saint Marie looks good. Mm-hmm. Fionn Davies looks unstoppable. Yeah, I think it's the best way to put it. It's like Davies, every single place that you had to fight Fionn Davies, she looks tight, a step ahead, confident, like, and just like strong. Continues That's the thing. Strong. She looked so much stronger than everyone she was against. Like when, the, yeah. when push came to shove, like when there were those moments where you could concede something or not, she every single time yeah. was like, no, fuck this. I'm doing it. And like yeah. held shit together, maintained position, grabbed things. She didn't let people get by. And it just, the strength was amazing in yeah. the, for the division, right? 
it was it was truly phenomenal to watch. Like she she, she has changed her game recently in the last couple of years. With the change, she moved to yeah. Central with JT Torres. Yeah. Uh, recently, within the past yeah. six to nine months, I think this I think. year, some point, I don't know when. Um, and she called that out. She looked good. Her game looked different. I imagine being there with with JT, who's so she just took a world title in IBJJF, right? You're presenting, you know, she's Welsh. Yeah, she looks phenomenal. She looks unstoppable. She takes this match ten to nothing, racks up points, and it was it was dominant, like we have not seen in a bit. I cannot wait to see. I don't, I don't have a ton more other than like Theon Davies looks unstoppable. I have no idea in her divisions who can stop her. I don't know. I'm excited to see more matches from her because yeah. technically her technique is incredible. It's Beautiful, really enjoyable this weekend, to watch. And, and she's aggressive, and she's scoring, and she's continuing even, to look for progression. Yeah. Even if she just, even if for the next two years she just mercs people. I want yeah. to see it because I like watching her move and I her technique. I cannot is, is wait wonderful. to see her return in 2024 as champion coming back. Yep. I think that she is extremely hard to beat in any rule set, but particularly this rule set. Um, I can't wait to see it. Like Watch her finals match. Watch her whole run, three matches. Phenomenal. Uh, any other things we got to cover on this? Oh, Overall thoughts on – you said something? No, I was just going to complain about some of the point situations. There are some point situations that are a little off today. Yeah, like, such know, as? Such as the whole Dante Leon situation where they oh, gave that him was points the biggest and took thing. it that was away. Yeah, that was a huge problem. We should actually talk about that. In Dante okay. Leon's semifinal match. Yeah. Um, this is under. This is uh, going to be the under 77, 77 kilogram division. Yeah, consolidation match. Yeah. Or, so typically no, in this was This was semifinals. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was against, it was Micah. against Micah. Yeah. So, so typically, what happens in a long division? Typically, what happens in ADCC is ADCC is very, very different than other organizations in that ADCC is not the referee on the mat that is assigning the points. They assign the penalties. So if you do something, the referee on the mat will assign a penalty to you. But the judges that are sitting on the table are the ones that are assigning points. Typically, how it is done is that once an action occurs on the mat. The judges will convene and discuss with each other, and then points will be assigned. So there is a delay, and there can be a substantial delay from when the judges discuss and when points are put on the board. And sometimes points will be called back because they're still kind of discussing, but typically in world, in the finals, not in like an open or not in like Some a Semi-finals, finals, the, the really important ones. The judges discuss, and then points are put on the board, and then they've just judges have already discussed, and there's a delay. In Dante Leone's match, that discussion appeared to still be occurring, and... So what's important about this is Micah was up two points. Yes. Dante comes close to a takedown. The way that you have to hit yep. takedowns in ADCC is that you have to get the hips flat to the mat. Yeah. Dante takes Micah down. Or the butt Micah, down, but you can't be on the butt. Yeah. yeah. Dante takes Micah down, Micah turtles... Then uh, a period of time passes. It mm-hmm. could have been under three seconds. It could have been over three seconds. It was a period of time. I think that legitimately it was probably about five seconds. But the point was that it was close to the three that Micah had turtled. Micah then turns back over and mm-hmm. gets into guard. Mm-hmm. Two points are awarded. So it's reasonable and I, I, to assume. And I, and I called and I was talking to our group while this was occurring. I'm you like, said oh. it wasn't points. I was like, huh, that was weird. They gave him points for that. 
that should not have been points. The rest of us were like, well, maybe it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't internal for three seconds, in which case the points are valid, yeah. right? Because and I was, I was very strong on watching. I was like, yeah, we know you're right, mate. Okay, that's fine. And, I didn't this, is, and <laughs> this is in the last like two minutes of the match. Last minute, minute and a half. Yeah, half they minute. give Dante the points With for this. Out of we have the discussion. Some of us are like, oh, maybe it wasn't three seconds. Main was like, no, that shouldn't have been points. Yeah. The remaining minute and a half goes, time hits zero. Dante thinks that they're tied. For the last minute and a half of the round, minute and a half of the match, Dante thinks they're tied. Very much He's changes his tactics. playing tactically yeah. as if we're going into overtime, where Dante has the advantage. And even Jarno, the referee on the mat, was go- and gets to the athletes and goes, okay, like in point in, in puts his hand five in front of each athlete and then looks at the table and goes, there are no points all of a sudden. They took the now points away Michael, after zero hit. Uh, I, think, I think with one or two seconds left, they took the points away. Yeah, it was towards the end. Yeah, it was, it was very, very close. Very close in the, within the last ten seconds, the points come off the board, I think. Um, and you don't, you don't, I mean, you just typically don't see things like this that are sort of like that. That's, it's a mistake. There was a mistake. It was a mistake, was a mistake that occurred. The points are typically put on the board after the judges have agreed, and then they go on the board. Yeah. And it can it can be a minute. It can be as long as it needs to be for the judges to make a decision for the points to go on the board. I think there was an but error there. Points do, I mean, if points do go on the board, they go off right away. And the yeah. mistake happens. Dante fought for a minute and a half in overtime, thinking that it was going to go to a ref's decision. Yeah. And then points were taken away with a couple seconds yeah. left. So he tactically played a game that was and wrong you, for the and situation. you saw him make that change where he went from the aggressive, he got his points, immediately slowed the pace back yeah. down to be even, to keep the evenness that he had and in that, that match. that really screws with things. Like yeah. That's, yeah. That, was a, that was the biggest mistake, I think, of the weekend. That, that one hurt. Yeah. There was, and there's some things you can argue for and you can, you know, ADCC, there's always controversy at the highest levels with the margins being so small. There's always going to be. always... That one was brutal. Though. Oh, that was like brutal because I'm a huge fan of Dante. I've yeah. loved his game since he was a purple belt. Watching him and covering him, he's one of the we've covered him since 2017 repeatedly, routinely on the show. Yeah. Since the show has been running, um, and so that was unfortunate. I like I really I pulled for Dante. Um, you know that happens. There are there are, you know there are always mistakes at the world championship. Anything else, Miranda? No, that's it. Overall, the event was Smooth. the best I think and greatest grappling event. That has ever taken place. Um, Your USA versus Brazil. What is it? Gold medals or is it total medals? I was thinking gold medals. Okay, so yeah. USA did surpass Brazil. USA had four gold medals. Brazil had two. If we do total count, USA had five medals. Brazil had twelve. Because no, like talking about gold medals. Gold medals. Yeah. Gold medals in this argument are apparently what counts. Because like because. Some of the guys go like have Brazil as their like Lucas Barbosa still yeah. says Brazil, yeah. like, Wagner yeah, yeah, still says do. Brazil. Yep. No, I was going, I was going Golds. Country yeah. of birth is yeah. what. Yeah, it's country of birth. Country of birth. I was, I was specifically yeah. thinking Golds. Yeah. For for my it, statement. It, so you were correct. Because we, because ADCC doesn't actually have a like points. Like you, you go to the Olympics, you have this many points for a bronze, this yeah, many yeah. points for a yeah. silver, this many points for a gold. ADCC doesn't actually there are care no country about those titles. Things. So I was just, yeah, there's no country titles. So I was just thinking, like, okay, out of championships, who takes more championships? And Brazil has always taken more championships. This is the first year we're seeing a bit of a change. We're also seeing, like, the young dudes are here, and I think they're here to stay. Mm -hmm. Diego Hayes, 20 years old, under 60-kilogram champion. Cade Rotolo, 19 years old, under 77 champion. Bodoni, I 
think 24, 25. I'm not I'm not, I don't know about Donnie's age, but like under 88 kilogram champion. The youngsters are here. Like young man's game, yes. young woman's Where are game. Kids? I'm. I am very excited to see the development and depth that continues to come. I had um, a couple of people, international folks that were at the ADCC Open, go, the kids at this event do not look like the kids in the rest of the world. And he goes, you guys have a structure here that is different. He goes, I am very curious to see what this crop of kids that I saw here today at the Open look like when they are adults. And so, all right. It is 1.30 and I still haven't eaten dinner. Fantastic. So this is live from ADCC. We love ADCC. I cannot wait to get back to normal shows. This is, it's what we're here. We have one mic. We have tech issues, all that sort of stuff. On site. We really appreciate it. Um, as always, I am your host, Maine, with the Graf Ramiro. I'm my co-host. Zach. My other co-host. Miranda. And. I will. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. I am Will. <laughs> And we are the Grappling Rewind. We'll see you on the mat whenever it is. Stay safe. If you like the show, please consider sharing it on Facebook with the folks at your gym. It's the best way that we grow the show and we really appreciate it. You can reach out to us on email. We also have Instagram. We have Facebook. We have Twitter. We have Google+. Until that shuts down. We have a website. If you have an event you would like to have us cover, please let us know. If you have a name, like most people do, and you'd like to have us stop butchering it, let us know. Reach out to us. The show is also available on YouTube, Spotify, in addition to iTunes and every other podcast service. We very much appreciate your time and thank you.